Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust Morebeer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yes, sir. It's Sunday, and you know the time for the Brewcaster Show. I got Johnny P. in the studio with me today. Hello. Of course, the great Dr. Scott hanging out. How y'all doing out there? Good to be back. And Daniela working the chat room for you guys hanging out today. How are you, Daniela? I'm doing just fine, thanks. How about you? I'm doing all right. Ready to do some show today. A couple of changes in the format here at the oh, end. Yeah. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, only a small scramble a couple hours before the show to put together a nice one for you. I do regret to inform you, if you have not seen my post, I, I notified you all as soon as I knew as well. And um, The great Dan Gordon will not be with us today. Uh, he's actually really, really sick. 102 degree fever. But the cool thing is he, he uh, even volunteered or maybe even still come down and do the show. That was the amazing yeah. thing. He called John. He's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sick. I'll do it. I'll do it, man. <laughs> I, I can't drive. I can't drive because I'm going to pass out. <laughs> yeah. But I'll do it. How, how can I get there? And, it's uh, like 50 miles away that he's coming. <laughs> It's a long way. Plus, you know, it was going to be a long show. Uh, so I just, you know, we went ahead and said, you know what, Dan, I really appreciate you wanting to do that for us. But let's get you back when you're you know, at the top of your game and, and you don't have, I mean, it, the whole thing was going to be a five-hour journey for him from yeah, between driving down here and doing the show. The more I think about it, no, we probably should have had him come on because that would have given us a little more edge on the beer jeopardy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he he oh, trounced so us last time. The handicap. So yeah, John, you should have jumped all over oh. that. <laughs> On rematch, you know. He also even offered we could have had a call in with him, too. But, uh, you know, our take on the Dan is that he's so cool to have in here and mm-hmm. so much fun. He's got a lot of energy. He's really a funny guy that um, we just didn't want to do the appearance over the phone when we can get him in here. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah so, it's much better having yeah. him here. 
So we postponed it, and I hope you guys don't mind. I'm sure you'll understand. He he was real apologetic, both to us and to you guys. He knows that you all were looking forward to him, you know, coming on the show, and he likes to do it. And uh, you know, he's just real sorry, but uh, a cool guy. He let us know uh, even earlier. We we just uh, you know we're kind of figuring out what was happening and seeing what we could do. So uh, good guy, Dan. We we really we wish you well. We've got some Gordon Beersh. We went out and bought our own. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna drink in his honor. Yeah, we're gonna drink in your honor, Dan. Now we didn't buy our own beforehand. I'm going to let you know. Not because uh, we wouldn't have uh, bought Gordon Beers, but because you were going to bring us the free stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not only the free stuff, he gets it right off the bottling line. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was just killer. We got his Hefeweizen last time that hadn't even, hadn't even been bottled yet. It wasn't. They weren't even selling the stuff. So I think he even like bottled it himself that day <laughs> yeah. to bring to us. Uh, although now I understand that it actually is in stores. You can now get the, yeah, the Hefeweizen in stores. I just saw it at BevMo. Great, mm-hmm. great Hefeweizen. Did you buy any? Um, I got us the Pilsner and I got us the um, the blonde the blonde bog. Mm, cool. I figured you guys liked those the two most. of his of his greatest beers. So no, the blonde. And Justin doesn't so. handle the white beer very well, so. That's right, the wheat thing yeah. gets me. Oh, but, yeah. uh, in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want to talk about how that gets me. Um, but so we went out and bought our own at, only to honor you, Dan. So we're going to drink your beer today. we got a lot of other beers in here we're going to talk about today, too. If we can't have him in the studio, at least we'll have his beer. We'll have Absolutely. his beer. So here's what we'll do. Like, in a little later on, we'll crack open some Gordon Beersh. We'll pour some out for our homies, you know, like they do for the yeah. dead homies. We'll, we'll, pour some out. <laughs> we'll pour some out for our sick homie, Dan, yeah. and, uh, and, and enjoy the Gordon Beersh uh, with your buddy. We should have printed out a picture and just stuck it in that other chair. <laughs> That's true. That would be great. So, Dan, how are things going today? It will be silent, Dan. That's my job. So, so rumors have it that Dan either got sick because he had your beer, Justin, yeah. or because he talked to John and got infected with chicken disease. Oh. Mm. That's below so the Those belt. are the rumors. Yeah. I don't know. Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. both are legitimate <laughs> concerns. I'm actually thinking that um, our show is done so professionally and he, he understands what a big thing it is in the industry that he got real nervous yeah. about being he on the second nervous on the phone. Time. He did. Yeah, he was shaking in his sh- in his shoes. He's like, I'm I sure. let you down, I let you down, but <laughs> I was like, you know, it's okay, you'll come back. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not calling on that one. Well, doesn't waiting on him not make it even better, you know? Yeah. It's like you postpone Christmas. It is. It's yeah. the same thing. So you're bummed, but you know something's good coming exactly. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like makeup sex. You know, it's uh, the the fight beforehand is worth what the, you know, oh. the, the pleasure you receive uh, later. How come I talk about Christmas and family and you talk about sex? What's wrong with you? Um, it's all about happiness. <laughs> there's, there's love involved. Isn't That's right. It's all about love and happiness. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we will get Dan rescheduled for you. Don't worry about that. He's happy to come in and uh, we'll get him all set. He was going to bring in a, uh, I think, an oak barrel of some sort. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. He didn't really hint what it was. But oh, wow. I'm curious. He had all kinds of prizes, giveaways, and stuff, and so he's really bummed. Oh, yeah, just uh, rub it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, get well, my friend, and then uh, next time you come in, we'll do a nice big show, and maybe we'll make it a six-hour show. <laughs> Instead, it will be. I mean, you know we were planning to be here late anyway. I'll tell you, on one note, um, kind of, I, I was worried about missing The Sopranos tonight. It's, <laughs> it's the season premiere. They haven't been on in years. Italian you. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing ever. Forget about Since it. I know The Sopranos, I don't care about Justin anymore. Yeah, it's a wow. See? It's great. It's a awesome. great show, and it's back. You know, and tonight's the premiere. I think it's at nine. Yeah, oh. it is nine. So we are going. You know, with Dan here, we may just have made it off the air by. We nine, wanted to go you know. out and buy a VCR recorder. Or what is that thing <laughs> <Yeah>. called? <laughs> Tivo. <laughs> Tivo. That's the word. Yeah, yeah we were real concerned about missing that, but now we're going to see it. So 
Yeah, you're you're set about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put on my Italian Big slippers and uh, there's, there's the silver lining right there. That's <laughs> always a silver lining, folks. You're Italian. So slippers. you get to dump us early and go watch Sopranos. Everybody does. Enjoy that. Uh, we do still have some cool things planned for you. Here's what we're gonna do for the show today. Mm. We're going to make an open forum. Instead of doing our lager discussion, we really feel like Dan would have done the lager discussion uh, better as far as being here and you guys being able to ask a professional who's trained on, on lager beers in Germany and really kind of ask him all of the questions. And we didn't want to do a lager show without him and then kind of make it redundant when he came back in here. And uh, Plus, we didn't want to say all the wrong stuff and then have exactly. him come and correct us later, right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> which is really only on my part. Uh, so what we're going to do is... Not do the lager discussion today and go ahead and postpone that for the Dan when he comes back. And instead, we're just going to open up the forum to you guys. Any questions you might have. Occasionally, I get questions from the chat room when we have a guest in here, we're in the middle of a discussion, and they're way off topic. They're just about some random part of the brew process, and I can't really throw them in because mm. it just. It, just doesn't go with the flow and i hate to do that but sometimes you're just in the middle of a discussion and it has to be done so today you guys can be as random as you want and it can be from the most beginning question to the most advanced question we don't care just send them in if you want to know about ingredients or any part of the process or equipment uh building things i do already have a couple questions just from the email about some equipment things and so just feel free to ask us whatever you want i think we're going to start that at the six o'clock hour like we normally would start our discussion so just get your questions ready and and it's your forum guys and here's what we're going to do if you've got a lot of questions and you want to know stuff we're going to stick around and answer them if not we're going to call it a night you know watch sopranos, <laughs> watch sopranos. and not just because we want to bail sopranos doesn't start till later but uh you know because we're, we're just not going to ramble on if you guys don't want to know about the beer stuff. And we, we still want to be here to perform a service and, and get some, some questions answered. And what are you laughing at? <laughs> perform a service? Yeah. <laughs> I can perform a service off the air, but I'm talking about answering the beer questions here. So get them ready. If you got questions, we'll stick around and we'll answer them. If not, we'll call it a night and we'll see you next Does week. Does it have huh? to be about beer? I guess you can ask whatever you want. Doc will answer those. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the deal today. Skype is working, folks, if you want to call in on Skype. I won't always be able to see the calls because I... Uh, I don't have the ringer, you know, on, but um, like we'll have an a endangered bird skyping. Yeah, Skype. yeah. We're gonna watch out for your Skype. I'll tell you what, uh, Skype has just gone nuts since I, <laughs> yeah, since we announced it last week. Danielle is just throwing things around in here. Angry. Uh, Skype works great. It's a great service. Go to Skype.com if you don't know about it. Our screen name that you can reach us at is the Brewing Network, and feel free to call us in on that. Of course, we have the old traditional landline. You can call in at eight 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 four zero one beer and. You can ask your questions there. We're happy to take them, too. We do need some of you guys to call in because at 5.30, we're going to do Beer Jeopardy yeah. today. Ooh, I had that all planned for Dan, and I figure no reason we shouldn't do that. Absolutely. we got Doc and John here. They'll play. We can take a Skype contestant, and we can take a phone contestant. So we can get cool. two listeners playing for themselves this week, which is something we've never been able to do uh, before. That's kind of what you wanted. I want two listeners. Without yeah, spending yeah. $5,000 on a new phone. It's <laughs> exactly. I wanted to be able to take multiple callers and get them on the air. Now we can do that. So I'll announce that just before we take a break. We'll take one Skyper and one caller, and we'll do Beer Jeopardy at 530. First question from the chat room is Dr. Scott in his underwear. 
<laughs> what do you want to know? What color? <laughs> no, they want to know if you're only wearing your underwear because you announced last week, I believe, that you would be sitting here without your pants on. Oh, it was going to be the jammy show. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no we were the jammies. No, I forgot yeah. about the jammy show. We were going to have a pajama Damn. jammy. All right, jam. uh, oh. I think that's what he was asking for, anyways. But without Dan, we figured, you know, no pajama jammy jam without Dan. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're just everybody's fully clothed today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you staying tonight for a jam? No, jam? You got to no. you got to bail tonight anyway. Uh, I I'm tired now. Yeah, and uh, I want to be I want to be on for tomorrow morning. So sleeping on your floor cl- couch next to the toilet. I don't want to be doing that. None of those <laughs> things are going to help. <laughs> this year, right? I'll tell you, I was a little under the weather last Monday anyway, so I didn't want to do the same thing again this Monday and, yeah. and feel like that anyway. I, if you don't know, Doc and and John, of course, uh, Doc's running the Jamil show for Jamil for the next two weeks, and John's going to be with him uh, because Jamil's out of town in Europe. So tomorrow morning, they're doing the WIT show. Mm-hmm. That's going to be at 10 a.m. And then uh, two weeks from then, they're doing the Martin Oktoberfest show. Two good shows for Doc mm-hmm. to be involved in there, too. I'm so. going to listen. Yeah, I did, you know, it just happened to be the two things that I like the most. So. I have to do homework now to keep up with this guy. <laughs> keep up with the Doc, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still on Jamil, but... Another question Scott. already. Excellent. It's going nuts here. And this question is directed to Justin. Um, Justin, how do we hook up our propane cylinder? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's easy. Um, here's what you do. The first thing, you get lots of newspaper and other paper <laughs> objects all around. Uh, you just hand tighten everything. Don't bother using a wrench on any of the fittings. Just hand tighten them. And then uh, any leaks, if you smell propane, check with a... Just stuff paper all around the leak. Just wrap it in paper, and I, you'll I, be fine. I thought you'd check with a, with a flame, like a lighter. Yeah, lighter. Go, go over everything yeah. with a lighter. You, you do, but not until you stuff it all with paper, because okay. then you won't really get the full effect of and, being able to and, find it. And masking tape. <laughs> and masking tape. So well. for everybody who missed that, this is how you did it. Is that right? It's pretty close to how I set up my propane And you're still, you're still alive. That's yeah. kind of surprising. He has no eyebrows, but yeah. <laughs> it did catch fire. The, the hose going to the tank did catch fire. There was a mad scramble, uh, which included me throwing myself on the grenade, basically. I had to run around, turn off the gas, then put out the flame. And I thought you just ran around with your hands in the air going, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, actually. You're right. And Daniela came out and did all the, all the brave work. I just had a picture of you with your, from your avatar. Yeah. That lady's <laughs> naked yeah. in my room. Another one for Justin. Justin, how do you hook up with a hot German girl? <laughs> Apparently, you act like an idiot. <laughs> you can buy them online, yeah. can't you? You got half a brain. <laughs> yeah, you can. There's a mail order service. I'll tell you, it uh, it doesn't hurt to have your own radio show. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a very effective means of meeting chicks. Well, hang on. When I he met you, you didn't have a radio show then. No. It was in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did in my head. <laughs> so let me rephrase. How do you hook up with a hot German girl and being broke at the same time? You make sure, oh, the, ger- make sure the German girl's not broke. Yeah, they're all good questions. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it must have something to do with my uh, mojo, my mojo, my personality, the size of my sh- of my junk. I, I really don't know. But uh, it obviously isn't my bank account, and and probably isn't my looks. So uh, you might have to answer that question yourself. I don't know. I put a big question mark in there. <laughs> all good questions. If you want the real answer to these questions, uh, there is a thread under the forum, and it's called the. Lunch Meat Prize under Beer Radio. Click on that, and it's my gift to all of you guys there at home today. So check that out. All right. Uh, lots to do in... Oh, my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. The inbox was pretty full this week, guys. Good and bad, or... Um, uh, mostly good this week, actually. Some good suggestions and things to talk about. Look at Doc here. 
He's playing the the air Joe, the air banjo. Yeah. We're still waiting on you bringing that bad boy in, because I want. I, I really what I want to happen is uh, for you to nope, to to sure. play the banjo While during this, this segment instead of me doing the the regular one. I'll just have you play it the whole time. It's, it's loud and obnoxious. That's cool. I can turn the volume right. You know, you get it right. We'll we'll put you over in the <laughs> put me corner. In the corner. Yeah. <laughs> put Doc in the corner. Microphone it all up, and we'll get a live version of the inbox song. Want to do a duo, Doc? <laughs> sure. All right, let's do it. Yeah, there's a little drum back there. Actually, it's more of the washboard. Play, play acoustic. Yeah. Can you play the washboard? Yeah, sure. You look better on the jug. I'll, <laughs> I'll play buckets. Yeah. Sticks. You play the buckets. Maybe we'll get Daniela on the washboard. Yeah. No, the jug. What is a washboard again? It's that thing that goes... Oh, from the Wild West. Yes, from no. the Wild yeah. West. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, from the Zydeco. Yeah, I'll play that. Yeah. Okay, first email today comes in, and it starts, I believe the appropriate comment is, the show is fucking awesome. And that goes for all y'all's shows, which I appreciate, by the way, because there isn't just a Sunday show, and thanks for calling out a bunch of them. And he goes on to say a few things about the Lunch Meat Show, and, and basically a lot of good things about us making him laugh, really likes that, um, that kind of stuff. Like to hear it, I just you know don't know if we should always read that. Laughter is um, important. Well, if you had your way... important to life. What's that? Laughter. Laughter, absolutely. I'm glad we provide that, and I'm I'm happy we do it too. Always happy to hear when people write in and they say that they're in some random place and they <laughs> bust out laughing with their iPods on and and because of us, that's always a it's one of the best compliments you can yeah, do. Yeah, I like that. I had an Eng- I had an English guy coming in the shop the other day. Mm-hmm. Early seventies, his father just passed away, okay. and his father tells him the most important thing is laughter. Straight from England, he was talking about his best bidders, how he can't find them in the States, but the guy summed up his whole life to laughter. Wow. Right right there in the beer shop. It was awesome. Yeah, it's good, uh, good philosophy. He goes on and says, anyway, I've been thinking about the home brewer's code. Can't find anything on the web. I think we need to codify this. Now, I'm going to tell you why you can't find anything on the web, because we coined the homebrewers code right here on the Brewing Network. It doesn't, I think that the code, uh, an unspoken code in some, you know, like unformulated form. I think that the homebrewers code existed. We didn't exactly invent that, but we certainly coined the homebrewers code right here on the Brewing Network, and and have been trying to formulate something that everyone can hold on to. And it, it's sort of in development. They didn't write the Constitution in two days either. No. And uh, I think the homebrewers code is in development. And he says, I think we need to codify this. I've given it some thought and come up with a draft to start from. And he attached a draft for me. I suggest opening it up to the forum to generate an international homebrewers code within some guidelines. And he goes on to say maybe not more than 10 rules and each rule can't be more than one page long and uh, a few things like that. Here's what I think. For one, the Homebrewers Code already was opened up to the forum. Mm -hmm. You guys started posting a few things in there. And I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now. Uh, Sent to Doc an email about it to have it on the back of his brain too. I do want to formulate a basis for the Homebrewers Code. And we'll just call it the Brewers Code. That's what we always have. And I would like you guys to really contribute to what you think this thing is. And how I envision the homebrewer's code is to embrace the two things that are good about homebrew. And one is that it's relaxed and it's laid back and it's have a good time. So half of them should be funny. And the other part is that it's about being a good person and it's about sharing and it's about doing good things by your neighbor and your fellow brewer. And I think that's what the other half of the code should be about. I think the code should really be a mix of these two things, having a good time and and throwing out a rule that that makes you have a laugh and maybe follow that right up with a rule that means something to us as homebrewers. 
So I want you guys to really start thinking about this. I'm going to make merch available with it. I'd like, to, I'd love to be wearing a Homebrewers Code shirt from the Brewing Network so that people can kind of know what you stand for right off the bat, especially with the funny stuff. It's always good Great to idea. read somebody's funny shirts, you know? Yeah. Perfect thing to wear at festivals and whatnot because everybody can relate to it. And that's the key. You guys got to come up with stuff that everybody can really relate to. Um, not just Brewing Network inside jokes, although maybe some of those will fit. But uh, in general, it should be stuff everyone can relate Global to. Global code. Yeah, and get a laugh yeah. out of. So focus on that. There's already a thread in the forum. Maybe I'll move that thread up to the top. I think it's under general beer-related or maybe off-topic stuff. And let's get this code going. We'll 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 come up with um, as you know as, as few as we can, but to really get the point across and solidify it so that everybody knows what the code is. All right. So that was from John. It says uh, keep on keeping on from John. And good suggestion, my friend. Well, let's get to work on that. Everybody go and. Do your best with the code. All right, I didn't get an anonymous Jamil this week, but uh, oh. I did get a note from the Vinny Puppet. But I miss anonymous, anonymous, anonymous. <laughs> 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 it's hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. To I him. really miss those emails. They were like the funniest. Well, the Vinny Puppet brought it pretty strong, so let me read what the <laughs> Vinny Puppet had to say this week. All right. He starts. What the fuck is up with you guys? You suck so much you could suck start a 747 jet. (laughs) That's sucking, baby. Yeah, that's a lot. I've been locked in a box for a year and find out that you fur jerkers have been ripping on me. That asshole Vinny caught me spying on him using a Randall to try and make his Pliny as good as the Dogfish IPA. Next thing I know, I'm locked in a box at a railway locker room. By the time I get out, I find out that he has replaced me with a fucked up, high-pitched piece of shit felt guy. (laughs) Well, that's not so bad, but then I find that you guys are ripping on me. The Pope had it right. You're a no-talent ass clown. I don't have a high-pitched, scrawny voice. I have a deep-pitched, strong puppet voice. A deep, manly voice. I'm all puppet, bitch. Rip on me again, and I'll show up in the studio with a pack of wild dingoes. (laughs) Which is the surest way to get me scared, by the way. Here are some facts about puppets. One, puppets have feelings. Two, puppets are real. Three, felt is for pussies. Four, it's not Pinocchio's nose that grows when he lies. Why do you think he's so popular with the ladies? Five, Big Bird is gay. And six, Bird and Ernie are not. And what's this about letting the Dan puppet in the studio, dude? The last time I saw the Dan puppet, he was hiding in the trees at middle school with a bag of candy and a white wine spritzer. (laughs) Holy shit. That puppet needs some help. In conclusion, Justin sucks, John sucks, Scott sucks, JP is too poor to sucks, Daniela is the best and needs to run away to a desert puppet island with me. (laughs) And Jamil is okay. Touch this, the V puppet. Touch this. That's awesome. So the Vinny puppet strikes. Yeah, strikes big. I didn't know that we had an impersonator of the Vinny puppet. Neither did I. But he used the word ass clown, which really only some people do. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm. That's very true. (laughs) I like that it's like, you remember the Knight Rider when there was good kit and evil kit? Of course I do. Well, now there's like good Vinny and evil Vinny. There's the evil Vinny puppet and the good. That's the evil Vinny puppet because the other, the felt Vinny puppet. And maybe he is just a sissy. He was real nice to everybody. It could be all just a ploy. Yeah, that's true. It could be his alter ego. Uh, okay. What else do I got here? I really am. In- hey, Justin, I really am enjoying my show. Working the way through the archives is great. A point of pronunciation from a resident of Northeast Pennsylvania. Youngling is not, is not pronounced youngling. It's pronounced yingling. Thanks, Don. 
And I appreciate the correction. He's from Pennsylvania. I guess, it's spelt Youngling, but I guess you're supposed to say Yingling, which sounds much more Asian to me. But yeah, uh, what are you going to do? Okay, maybe he's right. Sounds like a panda. <laughs> I, I I don't know. If you, I need some more consensus. Let me know if it's Yingling or Youngling, and I'll switch it. I don't care. I just, I just read the words, right? What do I know? Uh, here's a good one for you guys, Doc. Actually, we... <laughs> you guys, Doc. You guys, Doc. No, it's for all of us. I thought it was Doctor for you, but plural. it is for all It says, guys and Daniela, how about a discussion on how to build a stir plate? I've read some stuff online, but when people start talking about potentiometers, transmitters, and ohms, my brain starts hemorrhaging. It's not that I can't put one together. It's that nobody ever seems to agree on what parts are necessary. A specific parts list would be great. Please guide us in your infinite brewing knowledge. Thanks, Captain Kangabrew. There is a website available. If you go to onebeer.net mm-hmm. and email eric at onebeer.net, he will help you build one. Correct. And yep. if you also carefully look through our archives and go back to the Gadget Show, we did discuss, We had Eric Beer from onebeer.net in the studio talking to us about his stir plate. Unless we, unless we didn't have time to get to it that day. No, we did. We did uh, get to it, right? Did we get the stir plate? Yeah, well, I think we did, but he's, he's built several of them, mm-hmm. and... He d- he's not an electrical engineer either, but right. he'd figure out a way to do it uh, on the cheap mm-hmm. and pretty simply, and what works out what and it works great. Basically, ends up with some spare computer parts and a, and a cigar box. It's so like ten dollars too. Go and to onebeer.net and some duct tape and some chewing gum <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and a nice box. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it really is a pretty simple process, and and he goes through the whole thing right there. So if you want to learn how to do that, there you go. I think we'll get Eric back in here uh, yeah. in the future, too. Good guy. Real good guy. Last name is Beer. Well, you can't Man, go wrong no. with that. <laughs> right. And um, he does do some cool gadget things. He also was telling me he makes his own uh, stir stick. Ma- mash? Mash paddles. Mash paddle? Yeah. yeah he mash paddles. He, yeah. like, actually will go and get a nice piece of wood, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll sand it all down and makes a really nice mash paddle. Well, he justifies it. He has all these tools, and if he doesn't use them, he feels guilty. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got, like, a wood shop yeah, in his garage. Yeah. Hey, that's a good... Why not? Maybe you I, could have him make a, a paddle of your own. <laughs> <laughs> I had a last bit of news, or uh, f- uh, feedback, rather. I'll just go through this one real quick. It's kind of long. But it was about... We talked about the... Chuck E. Cheese in Tennessee, yeah. possibly not serving beer. Well, he's from there, and he just wanted to say... From Chuck E. Cheese or just... From? He's from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> he's from the Tennessee area that we did, the, that the okay. news story was from. He says he's by, from San Diego by birth, but moved there 12 years ago. And he wants to say, uh, you know, one thing that we didn't consider is that that's the Bible Belt. It's actually not just the Bible Belt, but the buckle of the Bible Belt <laughs> yeah. there in Tennessee. And he has to say, the Bible-thumping minority makes so many decisions for the rest of us based on their beliefs. I can't tell you how many stupid choices these people make for everyone else based on their own fears and faults. Just because you might have a problem with moderation doesn't mean that everyone else does, too. Um, it don't, and... Let's see, he wholeheartedly agrees with the comment that was that to criminalize it only leads to bigger problems, which is definitely a stance that we took during that discussion. He says, think about all the things that we did as kids just because we weren't supposed to. I appreciate what you all are doing. Good work. Rob DeBear in Memphis, Tennessee. P.S. Daniela, you look very nice in the forum, and congrats to you on your second batch. Good luck. Oh, thank you. My second batch is ready, by the way. Yeah, we'll be kegging it. Uh, yeah, you got to show me how to keg this thing. If the show stops show early enough tonight, it. we'll keg it tonight. Is that it right there? Yeah. That. No, that one's That's mine. Okay. We've got 20 gallons of beer fermenting around right here. Right on, man. Yeah, we, were, we went on a little roll for two weeks there. We were wow. quite a bit. And 
I wanted to brew again on Friday, but I just didn't get the chance. I'm Time to clear out those carboys and get it rolling. It's again. exactly and and I and I you know what I like about the like this batch I have sitting here these ten gallons I talked about it last week where I missed my my gravity and all yeah, that a um, lot. What I like yeah. about that this though is that I just I just poured the beer right on top of the yeast bed from my previous batch. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is not having to clean the carboy in between. <laughs> like, the carboy is such a pain to clean that it's great to just throw beer on top of it and not have to scrub the thing out. I mean, I know it's not the, cl- the cleanest process and that I'm going to have to be careful, but, but the batch that came out of those wasn't contaminated, so I figured it's okay to throw mm-hmm. a new batch in there, and we'll see how this one comes out. If it's not contaminated, I might throw another batch in there. That'll keep you going. Yeah. Round and round. Well, yeah. if you're clean enough, I mean, there's enough yeast to suppress I'm sure enough mm-hmm. wild contamination, so. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Mike nice. Dole does that. Just throw right on top, man. Yeah. It works. It works. All right. Uh, went a little long in the intro, so I didn't even get to the news, and maybe we'll save it for the end of the show. We'll take a quick break and just do the news later if we get a chance. Perfect. What we need to do is get a couple players for Beer Jeopardy. I've got uh, three good categories for Beer Jeopardy plus a bonus round. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So I want someone to call in on Skype. We'll take a Skype contestant. And I want someone to call in on 888-401-BEER. So we get two listeners to compete against John and Doc. And we'll have ourselves a good game of yeah, Beer Yeah, you better look out. <laughs> Is there any price? I don't know. We, we could probably figure something out. I got some hops from uh, Gary Foster that he would like to donate. Oh, yeah? So if we want some hops, some whole hops, we'll okay. donate. They're we can hard, give some hops away. Hard, hard to get Amarillo? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do that. We'll give away some hops, and maybe we can drum up something else, too. So go ahead and call us up, 888-401-BEER, and then uh, the other one is uh, you can Skype us at the Brewing Network. All right? We'll be back in just about three minutes. And now back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. All right, you're back with the Brewcasters. Hang on just a sec. I got a couple of callers getting on here. Uh, Skype just went nuts at the break there. It's Skype crazy. Yeah, well, I just wasn't prepared for uh, what would happen with all those callers. Skype went crazy. You bleeding? David, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, hang on a second. All right, buddy. Oh, nice. Caller, are you there? Uh, yeah. All right, there we go. We got a caller and we got uh, a Skyper. All right. Technology is great. That is cool. All right. So here, here's the deal. For all of those that, that called in, I did answer a couple calls, and I, I can't talk when I'm on the break there. They got the board doing other things, so I just I put you on hold, and if you hung up, the next caller got answered, and David was the guy who hung in there. So we got David on the line. You're going to play with us. How are you feeling today, Dave? Feeling good. Where are you calling from? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, huh? Yep. Cheese capital of the world or something? <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, cheese, beer, all that cheese stuff. Beer. That's bad for you. You a Brewers fan? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, huh? More than I am uh, baseball. Okay. I'm going to have to tell you this. Uh, whatever your computer is doing other than Skype, I'd like to ask you to shut it down. Cause, okay. Yeah, because it just gets, uh, it'll compress the file, and it ends up sounding real weird. But as long as your computer is dedicated to Skype, it'll be clear as a bell. So you mind doing that for me? Sure, no problem. Okay. And caller, who's on the line? Uh, this is Bill. Bill, where are you calling from? I'm from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. All right. Cool, That's man. Awesome. You guys getting snow up in those parts or what? Uh, no, it was like 70 degrees today. It was nice. Oh, it's great. We actually got snow here last night. Did you guys know that? Yeah. It snowed in uh, Berkeley. 
Yeah. California. For and it looked like it snowed here this morning too. Yeah. Like oh, here in uh, Concord. It did. It mm. snowed. The snow uh, came Awful. down to a thousand feet. I, I guess. hate it. <laughs> That's why everybody's <laughs> getting sick too. It's very strange. Wow. All right. That uh, sucks for you. It does. Yeah, you guys <laughs> seventy degree weather. I know. It's like the opposite. We're supposed to be making fun of you, dude. Way to rub it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's my only chance. Yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, have you two on the line there played Beer Jeopardy before? No. I've never played before. Okay. Have you heard us do it? Yeah. I've heard it a couple times in the archives. Okay. Cool. All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to give you the categories. You guys are going to have to say your name to chime in when you know the answer. So just holler out your name, and we'll try to judge who did it first. And same with Doc and John, except, John, I want you to cluck like a chicken whenever you have to chime in. Chicken Boy called into the Friday show and sounded just like I've got some tracks of myself sampled, man. So that's your buzzer for today. And then, of course, Doc, you know what your buzzer is. What? It's freaking out, man. It's always freaking out from here on out, dude. That's all you freaking get to do. Now. There's your buzzer. And then you two just uh, chime in with your names, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is that? That's mine, Doc. <laughs> okay. Freaking out. Here, here's what we're going to do. I've got three categories of Jeopardy for you guys. Hang on. Who are who are John and Dr. Scott playing for? Oh, yeah, you guys can't play for yourselves, can you? We no, gotta get that would make sense. Hey, I was going to say that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, first two people in the chat room to call out John or Dr. Scott, whichever one gets them first, that's who uh, you guys are playing for us. Just type in the word John Good. or type in Doc. Bus, 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 bus. And then and type John correctly. <laughs> yeah, right. it's game. So here's the categories. <laughs> if there is a potential for a tie, unless somebody walks away with it, I do have a bonus round, which consists of one question where you will wager your points for the win. All right? But if it's whoever wins, it's a blowout, and it's not going to matter, we won't do the bonus round. We'll just save it for next time. Okay. What, what if I kick uh, Doc's ass? In Beer Jeopardy? Yeah. Uh, I think Doc will be shamed. Yes, <laughs> I won't come back. <laughs> I won't come back. Yeah, he's going to have to take a few weeks off of, of recuperation. Yes. Okay. I won't be doing the show tomorrow. All right. Uh, callers who are on the air, are you guys ready to hear the categories? I'm ready. Sounds good to me. Okay. You're probably going to want to write them down. Here we have the place where beers are made. It's your first category. The place where beers are made. The second category is slogans heroes. The category there. And the third category is loose lips. Loose lips. Loose lips. <laughs> chicken lips. <laughs> yeah, chicken lips. I do the chicken lips. All right, so those are your three categories. Each one has four questions, ranging from 100 points to 400 points. All right. And let's see. Just at random, because he's using the new technology. David, you get to control the board first. Please pick a category. Uh, we'll do slogans for 100. All right. Slogans, heroes for 100. Everybody can chime in. What these are are slogans for beer companies. I give you the slogan, you name the beer. You never forget your first girl. Uh, freaking Dave. out. No, I'm going to give it to Dave because there was no uh. Dave, go ahead. St. Pauli's girl. That's right. St. Pauli girl for 100 points, and you have control of the board. We'll do slogans, heroes for 200. Okay, for 200 points. Again, the slogan, you guys name the beer. Do you love beer? It's the slogan. Do you love beer? What the? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Do you love beer? Mm. This one I wish I had cable. Right, I will not dock points if anyone wants to take a stab at it. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Nothing. Okay. Sam Adams, boys. Sam Adams. Uh, Do you oh. love beer? Dave, you still have control of the board. Uh, slogans, <laughs> heroes for three. All right. For 300, the light beer for a heavy world. Wow. The light beer for a heavy world. You can also... Go ahead. I'm going to guess Amstel Light. You got it, sir. You got it. Amstel Light. That's right. And 300 points. Wow. You now have control of the board. That was a completely random guess. (laughs) (laughs) But a good one. I was worried that people were going to random guess like Bud Light or something and insult my intelligence. No, no, no. I was going to say that, that too. (laughs) All right, Bill, you have control of the board. Uh, Let's go uh, place where beer is made. Uh, Let's go 100. Okay. The place where beer is made for 100 points. What was the first U.S. brewer to sell a million barrels a year? In a year. Sorry. A million barrels in a year. Go ahead, Dave. Pabst? That's correct. Pabst for 100 points. The first brewer to sell a million barrels. Go ahead. You have control of the board, Dave. Uh, uh, Where beers were made for 200. Okay. You, my friend, have got the Daily Doppelbach. <laughs> the Daily Doppelbach. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Which uh, you get to answer by yourself, unless you don't have an answer. And it will be for 400 points instead of 200. All right. If it's not answered, I will open it up to the rest of the contestants. In what decade, and this is multiple choice, in what decade did Shimei become the first Trappist monastery to release its beer for public sale? Was it A, the 1660s, B, the 1760s, C, the 1860s, or D, the 1960s? Chimay Public Sales. I'm going to say C, 1860s. You are correct, sir, and that's 400 points for you. For whom? For Dave. Wow. 400 for Dave. Yeah. All right. Who answered the last question correctly? Bill. With how many points? 300. 300. Wow. I, I got that. Okay. All right. Dave, you have control of the board. We'll do uh, where beers are made for 300. All right. John, you're going to have to chime in here. I'm on my... <laughs> Thanks. Another <laughs> multiple choice question. <laughs> <laughs> Molson Brewery, Molson, was founded in what year? A, 1686. B, 1786. C, 1886. Or D, 1986. Chicken Boy. Go ahead, Chicken Boy. (laughs) 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 Go ahead, sir. 1766? Uh, Pick a letter. How about that? B. Yes, sir. 1786. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) B, 1786. How many points for Chicken Boy? 300 points for Chicken Boy. I'm going to draw a chicken there. (laughs) I like how he picked the year that wasn't even on the board. (laughs) But the letter was right, my friend, and you have control of the board. Uh, Let's do loose lips for 100. Loose lips? Loose lips. For 100. These are going to be quotations. You will name the person. Multiple choice. The problem with the world is that everyone is a few drinks behind. That was A, Homer Simpson, B, Humphrey Bogart, C, Julius Caesar, or D, Barbara Streisand. Bill. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, That's Humphrey Bogart. Yes, sir. That's Humphrey Bogart. 100 points for Bill. You have control of the board, my friend. Uh, Let's continue that. Uh, 200. 200 for loose lips. 
The slogan is, Everybody has to believe in something. I believe I'll have another drink. That was A, Jack Handy. B, W.C. Fields. C, Ben Franklin. Or D, Ernest Hemingway. Chicken Boy. Ooh. Chicken Boy, I think. It was definitely between Freaking Out and Chicken Boy. Let's give it to Chicken Boy. B? That's correct. (gasps) W.C. Fields. That's more than you have ever done before in Jeopardy. Yeah. 200 points for chicken. Wow. A couple pints of beer. I, you guys want to know who has a lead currently? I got yeah. robbed. Let's get the scores. I got robbed twice. I got that. John with 500 here. <laughs> no wow. Way. Yeah. Okay. I got Dave with 500 here. Tie game. And I got Bill with 400. Woo, it's a close one. And Doc's yeah. not on the board yet. You keep taking Doctor Scott I, is I not on the board yet. I, I but he's asking. hung over tonight, so yeah. that's fine. But I... But I uh, Say the words, freaking out, and <laughs> then you pick somebody up. Well, I got to give Chicken Boy the handicap, so it's kind of like Ty goes to the runner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chicken Boy. <laughs> Chicken Boy, you have control of the board. Uh, let's do Loose Lips 300. Okay. Another quotation. John may have found his category. I like Loose Lips. Quotation is, you're not drunk if you can lie on the floor without Dave. holding on. Go ahead, Dave. Dean Martin. That's correct. Dean Martin. Didn't even need the multiple choice. Woo. That's I just can't lose the job, that's all. <laughs> yeah. that's Competition. How many points? Thanks, that's 300, 300 points. Gives him 800 points. Uh, that's and you have control of the board, Dave. Uh, we'll finish it off with 400. Okay. Loose Lips is finished off with Work is the Curse of the Drinking Class. That was A, Oscar Wilde, B, Winston Churchill, C, Sam Adams, or D, Thomas chicken Jefferson. Boy. Go ahead, Chicken Boy. B. That is not correct. Ooh. Ooh. Freaking s- freak out. Freaking out. What was, what was it? What was it? <laughs> no, I didn't know which, which was A and which was B. Uh, uh, B, which is not there anymore, was Winston Churchill. A was Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. You are correct. Ah. Yeah. How many points for Dr. Scott? 400 points. Ooh. I'm on the board. Put Doc in the board. Right the only two remaining questions are both for 400 points, either in Slogan's Heroes or the place where beers are made. Uh, let's go with... Slogan's Heroes. Okay. The beer slogan is, it doesn't get any better than this. Dave. Go ahead, Dave. Hams? No, sir. Chicken Boy. Go ahead, Chicken Boy. Coors Light? No, sir. Freaking out. Go ahead, sir. Schlitz? No. Bill, you want to take a oh, stab? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the last one. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this? Yeah. I have no clue. Okay. Homebrew. <laughs> I, I, no I want to give you points just for that answer, but I can't do it. It's Old Milwaukee. Mm. Oh. Oh. I, Tough one. Well, that's a lie. That's an out, I, I, out, I, was I was gonna say. I'm afraid to say they are liars. They, they, didn't, they didn't say what this was. <laughs> they I'm from not, Milwaukee, that's and that's true. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Doc, uh, the last question on the board is uh, your choice, my uh, friend. Please. It is from the place where beers are made. All right. And I think I'm gonna have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to name the brewery that makes this. What European brewery produces Jahrhundert? Daniela, maybe you want to pronounce that. Jahrhundert. Let me see. Jahrhundert. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means European century. European brewer produces Jahrhundert. It's <laughs> not that. The background. It's not the baby <laughs> in the background. I'll tell you that. Freaking out. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, Paul Hunter. No, sir. Chicken boy. Chicken boy. Go ahead. Augustiner? No, sir. Dave, Bill, you guys want to take a stab? Dave. Go ahead, Dave. Warsteiner? 
No, sir. Bill? Yogland. Uh, Iinger. Iinger is correct. Oh, oh, nice one. Iinger uh, is we correct. We whittled it down for him. Yes. Oh, my God. That was 400 points for you, man. Awesome, man. Right. Complete random guess again. <laughs> <laughs> You're good with the random guesses. Uh, Daniela, please give us our scores. Uh, I have four points on Dr. Scott's account. Okay. John has 500, which wow. means you didn't lose tonight. You know, I missed that A and B one, man. <laughs> Dave has 800 points, and so does Bill. Wow. Oh, okay. Great. So the two listeners get to go on into the bonus round. All right, that's cool. Doc and John? We're out. <laughs> hey, John, hey, nice work, hey, man. You know. <laughs> I'm flattered. Yeah, that, was, uh, that was really good. All right, fellas, here's the deal. You, I have a bonus round question for you. It is one question. It is not multiple choice. You will need to wager as many points as you want to wager, you know, depending on whether or not you know how it works. It's just like Jeopardy. It's so, Jeopardy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I will ask you guys to do this, and I'm going to keep a time limit on it unless you guys just want to go Brewer's Code. Uh, no searching for this one, all right, guys? You can't Google it. You can't do anything else. I want you to uh, give yourselves an answer and a wager. You got me? All right. Bre- random, random guesses. Brewer's Code? Brewer's Code. Okay, fair enough. Then I won't put a time limit on you necessarily as long as it doesn't drag out too long. I'll let you think about it. Here you go. Many brewers of the... And don't call them out either. You just get your answer and then wait for me to find out if you're done. Many brewers of the 19th and 20th centuries incorporated a six-pointed star known as the Brewer's Star into their logos. What does it symbolize? What does the Brewer's Star symbolize? So go ahead and wager your points. Get yourselves an answer ready. I'll give you a little time to do it. Doc, do you know this one? Uh, I, didn't I, see, I didn't see what you wrote down I wrote there. the name of it. Oh, the name yeah, of it. Okay. Actually, I just read it today. Oh, is it, that right? It, yeah, I'd seen it before, and I was actually reading it today. John, do you know the answer to this? What does it symbolize? Not a clue. No? Okay. Uh, how are you guys doing over there? I'm all set. You're all set? Who's that, Bill? This is Bill, yeah. And Dave, how are you doing? I'm ready. You guys are all ready? Yep. All right, we'll go with Bill first. Danielle, are you ready for this? How many points did you wager, Bill? Uh, I'm wagering all of them. All 800 points. All 800. All right, oh, ca- yeah. all right, Captain Lucky Guess. What is the answer? All right, so the Brewer Star represents uh, purity. There's six points. They represent the purity of brewer, yeast, hops, grain, malt, and water. Okay, Dave. What what did you wager, and what is your answer? Uh, 200, and I was going to say it, the same thing: the purity law. Okay, you're both correct. Purity is correct. That's what it stands for. However, Bill wagered all 800 points on it. All right. Which makes him the winner with 1,600 points. And Dave is really fair. And Dave was was really quite fair because he he could have said, oh, yeah, I did 800 points too. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, way to go on the Brewer's Code. And and Bill's our winner. Um, If I can come up with another prize, I'll give you both something just for sticking to the code and playing a good game. But uh, if I can only come up with one, I, I'm going to have to give it to Bill. No problem. If you come up with another, when Dan Gordon comes in, I broke one of his glasses. If I can get another one, I'll pay for shipping you. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what. I'll send you, I'll send you yeah. a Gordon Beersh glass. You got it. Great. Yeah, just for being cool and for playing along, I'll send you a Gordon Beersh glass. I got one for you. And, guys, if you could send your uh, address information to John P. at thebrewingnetwork.com and Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah, it'll do it. Will do. All right. Thank you both very much. Thanks. All right. Sounds good. Thank right. you, guys. You're awesome. welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Good game. I like it when the, both the listeners get to uh, compete like at that. the end there. That was very cool. I, I hesitate because i got to think to say freaking out. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, I got, I'm giving oh, you a handicap. Yeah, you are. you got to think, Doc. <laughs> well, i got to think. I, I want to say Doc. And yeah. Right. And that's when I go, uh, freaking out. <laughs> I'll think then, about you give, then you give it to Chicken Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about letting you off the hook next time with having to say freaking out. But it's just so much more fun when you have to say freaking out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all right. Hey, our tasting for today, guys, we're still going to do the Pilsner Urkel. Did, did we get that, John? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So we're still going to do the Pilsner, Pilsner Urkel. We're going to do that at 6. And I also want you all to get ready with any questions that you guys have. Danielle has already given me uh, a couple of them, and we're going to do those. And anything else you want. It can be anything about the brew process that you want to ask. And uh, I guess you can ask other questions, too. We'll answer as best we can. Like um, <laughs> Any questions. Know. Any questions you want, Daniela? Yeah, the any questions. Okay. It's the... It's the Ask Us Whatever Question Show. <laughs> That's the first. You don't do that. I just did. But you don't. Got a lot of good beer in here. I got, I'm, I'm like three-fist in it. With I got Doc's Kolsch. And you're standing up, too. I'm standing up. I had John's Doppelbach, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what I was drinking? No. What was no. that one? What? No, it's a double. First Belgian, double. Oh, the Belgian double. Sorry. Yeah. His Belgian double, which is real nice also. I had my ESB. I had John's ESB. My, of, my wit. Oh, I haven't had your wit yet, though. That's is that, that this one yeah. here? Then you had my that's Hellas, too, earlier. Oh, that's right. And I had the Hellas there. Lots of great homebrew going in the studio today. This is the one you're talking about tomorrow. Yeah, that's the one I'll be right? talking about tomorrow. This is the best wit that I've had from you, Doc. Yeah. It's, it's really well balanced. Yeah, that's real nice. That's a lot of ad- adjuncts in it. And I got things to come through in this one that I hadn't been able to before. And was, was that, that from cr- crazy mash that you did, you think? Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it's a whole different way of brewing this And this thing. is it. Yeah. Wow. What do you think? How did it affect your beers before? I Before, I, you know, I was aiming, like most people do, they're trying to shoot for a hoe garden almost mm-hmm. and trying to get these flavors to come through. And uh, I couldn't get it. Uh, it, w- it would be a nice beer, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't what I was shooting for. And, and I just did a lot of research, and I really picked up some cool new brewing things, maybe understand more of the ingredients and how to work them. Nice. And to get get what I wanted to out of it. And, th- and this one came through. I got the orange nose and the orange flavor to come through a lot of the citrus. Yeah, there's not a lot n- of that. Not just uh, the coriander coming through. Mm-hmm. It's got basically orange flavor coming through that yeah. that, that kind of citrus, but it's not overpowering. It's not an orange beer. Yeah, it's really not. And then it's got some cool uh, sour bitterness from the from the unmalted wheat to come through. It's not overly sour, though, at all. No, it's just it's got a tang to it. Mm-hmm. And that's refreshing. Kind of, yeah. Well, if you want to know all about how to do that, tune in tomorrow at 10 for the Jamil Show, where Doc will be hosting and, and telling you about the whole process, the recipe, the whole bit. Yeah, I have a bunch of questions so. now, so thanks for bringing yeah, it, Doc. There's, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of cool stuff. I'm hey, Oz, sure. you're on the air, buddy. Oh. Yeah, you were on the air. Oz, you there? No. Oh, hey, I'm, there you are. Sorry, I muted you. Um, hey, buddy. Uh, how you going? <laughs> going all right. How's it doing? Oh, good. I'm just doing the brew. Actually, I'm making a wit, Doc. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, uh, I was wondering, you know, can we ship things between us back and forth? Well, I'm going to give it a go. I'm, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, why not? Just call it aftershave or something like that. That won't look. <laughs> nah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows. I just pack it real well hey, what, so it doesn't leak. What I was calling in for has been heaps of discussion on the uh, decoction mashing. Mm-hmm. Um... And, like, you check any forum and they'll, they'll go on about you don't need to do it. It's not necessary. You can put grains in. What I've noticed, though, is there's other things that happen 
when you do a decoction mash, um, the beer seems to come out a lot clearer. Um, fermentation starts quicker. The fermentation's a lot cleaner. The yeast cake down the bottom seems to be so clean when it's done. Is there something else happening as far as enzymes, or are we missing something here? No, I think uh, more when you're boiling it, you're actually, well, you are. You're helping breaking down. You break down more of the long chain uh, carbohydrates by boiling yeah. it like that. And you're opening them up more. And then when you throw it back in the mash, you're giving the enzymes more to work with. And yeah. So it yeah. does help that one. What I, mean, I would, even the, yeah, go ahead. The flavor profile. Sorry, the flavor profile, like they say, put a bit of melanoid and malt or something like that in there. But the difference between adding melanoid malt and actually doing a decoction mash, there's, you, I believe you can't get the same pla- uh, flavor profile. No, you can't. Adding the grain. You, you can get close. And I think what a lot of people kind of, they get turned off because it's a lot of work to do a, a decoction mash. And you're going to, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to usually burn some body parts at it too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the way I do it, I'll pull off. I've got a strainer, a big um, uh, industrial type strainer, a cane shaped type one, and I'll pull some of the, the grain out. I've got a um, hard bottom, like solid bottom pressure cooker. Now I just take it in the kitchen, bring it up to the boil, add it back in, stir it in, and it's all done. Um, anyone that thinks that's hard to do, well, I don't know. Like, are you just <laughs> I think doing, it's pretty doing, basic. You're just doing a single decoction? No, I'll do three, and yeah. I, I find that if, if I do a single or a double or a triple, a, a single one's going to give me a slight raise in efficiency, a double's going to give me a bit more, and a triple's going to give a hell of a lot more. So the more decoctions, the better. Like It, it, it seems to be a linear thing. Yeah, it is. It, that's where you're by bringing it up. You're really breaking down the, the longer chain uh, starches and making yeah. them available when you throw them back into the mash. So the more work part is just having to do the extra water boiling and bringing it down. And well, you, you pull it out of the main mash, you take it to a separate place, you, you bring it up to uh, whatever the uh, sacrification temperature you want at that point, leave it there a little bit, and then shoot it up to boiling, boil, and then throw it back in. So, Oz, you're not using the mash that comes out and then heating that up and putting it back on top. You're using new water every time? Or no, 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 no I'm no. not using any water at all, just boiling the grain. Just to go, okay. You take... You want the thick part. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just strain as much of the liquid out as I can. Okay. And within, within what, five or ten minutes, before it actually comes to the boil, it actually thins right out. Okay. Yeah, and then they throw it back in. And it, that's. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be talking about that tomorrow a lot because you kind of have to do that with this wit. You have to do that. Uh, it, 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 for, for this method, yeah. I'll, I'll give you some other methods, too, that you can work around it. But uh, especially when you're working with unmalted stuff, yeah, you you really gotta do something like that. And was it Dan that's a big fan of the decoction too? Yeah, I yeah. think he does do that. Yeah, yeah Gordon Beers, they do decoction. Okay, all right. I think any anybody who wants to really try a good beer should try it out. And there's a um, a really easy step by step guide on Graham Sanders' site. Um, I can't remember the, the the actual address of it, but if you do a Google for decoction demystified, it should come up. Okay. And it really is. Easy. It is so easy to do. All right. And I think if you click on the link from our site, it takes you to Graham's page, too. So yeah, you, might, you yeah. might find it that way. There's a big red banner that says the Oz Craft Brew Program. So Yeah. That site's got a whole heap of good information on it. Um, it basically comes off his forum. He's got a lot of people um, written articles, and that's one of them. Nice. John? What am oh. I doing an ad for it? 
Well, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. doing step mashes really does affect the uh, the malt profile in your beer. This brings out a Definitely, body, yeah. a, a huge character to it that you can't get just with a normal sack rest at like 150, 154. Right. Yeah, I, I know Oz is a big fan of the protein rest. Can oh, it, definitely. E- ever since um, uh, Charlie Papazian mentioned it, I'll give it a go, and mm-hmm. I'll never go back to doing anything but that. It's just the difference is phenomenal. What's interesting about I did my first protein rest by accident, actually, on my last Hellas, and it increased my efficiency by about 20%. Same grain bill, wow. same amount of quantity, but mm-hmm. it increased the amount of fermentable sugars I had. Um, and it, it, I thought it made a better oh, beer, it, personally. It, it helps mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff. It helps with the loudering to keep mm-hmm. it fluid coming in and doesn't gum up the mash. A lot, mm-hmm. of, lot of stuff, especially if you're using a lot of wheat. Yeah. I'll stop I'll breathing into your microphone there. Jesus, you sound Mate. like a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel uh, like he's... <laughs> I bet he's got one of those headphones. First of all... Like uh, Britney uh, Spears. Pull your pants up when you're talking to us, for one. <laughs> well, I'm in the brewery. I'm in my brewery. So <laughs> so he's excited. not supposed to have pants on. Uh, a, a question that came through the chat was, uh, you know, do you boil the grains and the mash or just the wort? No, you want to get the thick part. So you want to pull grains and the, the thick part of the mash out of there. You want to pick about a third of it and boil that. Uh, there's reasons for that. Um, mostly you want to kind of protect everything you want to have it as concentrated as you can it, it always comes up if i put my mash or my decoction up to boiling aren't i going to pull a lot of the tannins out and make this a tanniny astringent beer you will if you boil the thin part but if you boil the thick part it kind of protects it all okay and it, it has to do with mash concentration of the solution in there so when you bring it up you don't actually leach the tannins out of the the grain husks okay and but you got to pull this, the thick part out so how do you go about just pulling the thick part out? Yeah. Well, well uh, Oz said it. He, he uses a big strainer. Okay. Of course, he's you know pulls it out of his kitchen. Do you let your customers know what you're using that for? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, no. They will want the beer when it's done. Not when he's doing his much. crack, and not when he's doing his beer. He doesn't let them know either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm using That's your it. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think too with the, um, the 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 thickness of it as well. I, I read somewhere that there's a lot of the enzymes are actually in the liquid once you start to mash in and not so much in the grain. So boiling the liquid's going to kill off some of those enzymes. Right. And then you don't really want to do that. But you're only pulling a third out of it. And it doesn't take that many enzymes to really work the mash. So yeah. uh, it's pull the thick part, strain it out if you can. Uh, don't Try to stir it a lot so you don't burn it on the bottom of the pot. Yeah. Or use a double double boiler if you have to. I find once it's come to the ball, there's no sort of it, it's not as thick anymore, so there's less um, chance yeah, of scorching it, anyway. It does; it liquefies it even more. Then that's yeah. what that's what actually pulls the the polysaccharides uh, out of there and uh, the long chain starches. Excellent. Loosens them all up, so then you throw it back in there and let the enzymes go to work. All right, I got a ton of questions to get to here that are coming through. So if you want more on the decoction mash, uh, tune in tomorrow because Doc's going to be describing his process with the wit on the Jamil show at 10 a.m. So you get a little more out of it then too. I have tons of questions for Doc too. So okay, yeah. Thanks, Oz. No good. worries. Thank you. Yeah, good. Good All luck right. with the brew. Cheers, Oz. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. See you, buddy. All right, so I do have a ton of questions. I just want to take a real short break because we got to do our our, our Krell tasting. Mm. Uh, I a question for you though, uh, Doc. Maybe we can do because it's non-beer related, so we should do it now because then I got a bunch of beer stuff after that. Okay. Can you, you want to say something about the whiting process that you perform on teeth? How do you how do you guys whiten teeth? Do you actually you know chemical or do you got to like grind? No, no, no. It's a, usually it's a, uses a, a peroxide base. It's a Instead of a hydrogen peroxide, it's a carb- carbamide peroxide. 
and it's it's bound up in a gel. John's got white teeth. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Doc uh, Good Micron tooth. You, I wouldn't waste your money on uh, whitening toothpaste and the paint on stuff. The Crest White strips work okay. Uh-huh. Um, the real expensive uh, Bright Smile, you go in and you get blasted once. Yeah. Uh, that'll bring you up to a point, but uh, research is it doesn't really last. And also the research is that the, they put the laser, the the light on it, and that it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. The, uh, that really, they still do it, but it really really doesn't matter. What about the ones where you can buy where you put the gel in the little retainer type See, thing? See, that's, yeah. that's what I do mostly, and that's what I get the best result out of. Is okay. we, we make a custom tray for you, upper yeah. and lower. Yeah. Uh, used to be you'd wear them all night, mm-hmm. but I would get a lot of complaints, uh, a lot of sensitivity of the next when your teeth just ache oh. for the next couple of days. And what that happens to be is there's a glycerin base to it, and it actually dehydrates the teeth. It desiccates the teeth and, and makes them ache. So now they've got a better formula with that. It doesn't do that, and you only have to wear it about a half an hour at a point. So you can wear it half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, about two weeks, and it really works well. It works mostly for age stains where you know you picked up stains from dark beer, dark red wine, coffee, stuff like that. So the browns and the yellows will bleach up the best. But if you've got the blue and the gray teeth, Mostly it's from uh, tetracycline staining, stuff like that. It really doesn't work as well. Okay. You have to work harder at it, and it will bring you up some. But uh, when you've got that, you, we pretty much have to cover it. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and then there's other things, too. If you've got hypo- hypocalcified spots, those white blotchy teeth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to grind that stuff out. Although, uh, yeah. although uh, what I found, if you bleach your teeth, yeah. the, the un-white spots, the parts that aren't white, uh, they'll bleach up to where the white spots is, so it makes them less noticeable. Oh, okay. So I usually suggest you know non-invasive technique first because okay. people really can't get it across to me what they want. They just want to be better, their smile be better, but they can't get it across. So I usually suggest something really less uh, invasive. And if that's not enough, then we'll go from there. We'll move it up and be yeah, the more get out the buffer. Yeah, we can. We yeah, I'll buff it out or we'll grind or whatever we got to do. Cover them. Whatever we got to do, but a lot of times it's just all they got to do is bleach them up, and hey, that's what I wanted, and they're happy, and I didn't you know, trash teeth, and, right, and things. But sometimes you got to be more aggressive with it to get them what they want. Can you uh, gurgle bleach, like it's mouthwash? Not, it's not that kind of bleach. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not hypochlorite. Ah, yeah, you're talking hey, death hey, there. Okay. Quick follow up: How often should you visit your dental hygienist? Well, if you got her home address, uh, <laughs> that often? Well, a lot. Uh, depends. I would say the outside for most people is twice a year, every six months. Okay. Uh, what if she's really hot? Then, you know, be on a three month recall. <laughs> like every yeah. other week? Yeah. It, I'm uh, dirty. The, the outside's uh, twice a year, every six months. After that, you know, most a lot of people need more, need every three months or every four months. Okay. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to Three Guys. Excuse me? What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, welcome back. It's the Sunday show and we are the Brewcasters answering random questions today and helping the world have brighter smiles. Isn't that right, Doc? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the all-information show. That's right. You can. I do have tons of questions about beer here, too, so if you don't want to hear the other stuff. i got a lot in my brain. I can spill it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll do whatever. Uh, all right. Right now, though, we do have to do our tasting. I'm not sure if you guys went out and got your Pilsner Urkel for the tasting. We might even do this again when we do rebook uh, the Dan because we wanted him to taste uh, you know, with us and describe it with us, you know, the most, the original and most popular Pilsner ever. Um, so we might do it again, but for us, we'll do it here too because these guys, John and Doc, are both big on the Pilsners also. I like so yellow beer. A good, I like does yellow like beer. <laughs> you like yellow. I'm going to turn you into poop. One thing we should do <laughs> if Dan Gordon's on is yeah. we should go buy warm Pilsner Kill, uh-huh. refrigerated Pilsner Kill, yeah. and then we'll go to a local brew pub and have it served off a draft and I'll bottle it up. Yeah, we can growl or uh, some. We can do a growl or, yeah. And do a different taste. And that's a great idea. I was just so we can thinking get the, we can get a keg of it in here. Things. We can yeah, we have a keg. Too. I got a keg of Oh, you guys do that to us? There you go. We'll just bring the keg over. We'll return it a couple beers shy. Who's going to know the difference? No one's going to know. We'll just pump back in somebody else's oh, beer. Yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with Dogs they, they always send us a, you know, <laughs> that three-quarter keg. Yeah, so they said something about the shipping thing. <laughs> yeah. It's to do with the weight. I don't know. They have to break up a little short. It has something to do with converting the metric system yes. over to the American. They just don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, we've got our Pilsner Urkels here, and we've got it out of the green bottle, their uh, most famous green bottle. And you all know we've discussed before some of the problems that happen with these beers. Right. So, we'll try not to be too redundant, but we'll talk about it just the same. And uh, so already you all know some of the problems that a green bottle is going to present, not Which blocking the out the light. And, and this is the big bottle. Is that 20, 22, 21-ouncer? One pint, yeah, 1.63 ounces. No, 1.6 pints. It's 1.6.3 fluid ounces. Okay, yeah, it's it's a big bottle. Yeah. Um, this is not as skunky as a, you know, as a uh, Heineken is. Correct. But it is skunky. It does have a skunky bit. Just, a, just a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. what's interesting is that you get a uh, you get that real nice noble hop flavor mm-hmm. come, uh, aroma coming out of it too. That, that that I think makes it a lot less skunky than a Heineken. Because a Heineken you don't have that real nice noble hop aroma right. too. You just got a little skunky. Well, Heineken's you know it's lighter in in color everything. This is it doesn't have the malt like this either. I mean, this is SRM around a. Six seven probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, so it's not as light. It's got a lot of malt to back it up. Mm-hmm. I, I know the the IBUs on this are about forty five. No. Yeah, 40, 45. Really? Yeah, they're big. Okay. And but it's so well balanced. It's got yeah. a lot. Just the malt comes through first, and then the hops just take it over. It's so well balanced. Mm. Yeah, I don't have trouble believing that IBU, th- especially right off the first uh, smell that I took of it, the aroma. Well, it's a relatively sweet beer, so, I mean, it's... it's and they do a decoction, and they do a long boil, mm-hmm. especially with a, you know, Pilsner like this. I think 90 minutes or two-hour boil. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that that skunkiness goes away as it... Just let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. It's just gone. We'll get out of there. I, it was pretty slight to begin with, mm-hmm. but I, if you can find it... You know, on draft, it's nice. But try to go to a place that can move it kind of fast. Mm-hmm. You know, higher-end bar. The low-end bars that sell a lot of bud and things like that, they got Pilsner on Pilsner Quell on tap. And, and you know what? It, it just doesn't move when you can get an old keg. If you ever tasted an old keg, you know it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, is there that that corn flavor out of this beer? Uh, the DMS? Yeah. You yeah, you got to get some of that because it's a Pilsner malt. Okay. It's probably in all lagers. Okay. That use Pilsner malt. There's some hint of it. All right. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's, and it's a different thing than adding corn to it. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of to it. But this is definitely a decoction mash. No, you're, you're going to get, you can't do this 
exactly without that. You can get close, but you're not going to get the, the subtleties out of this one without that. Yeah. It's got a lot of malt backbone to this thing. It's pretty simple beer. Uh, a lot of uh, Pilsner malt and a lot of boiling. Maybe a hint of Munich. I don't even think it's got that in there. Really? But I think the decoction does that to, mm-hmm. to give you that. And if you're not going to do a decoction, like yeah, throwing a little Munich in there would, would probably get you close. Slight, a little slight grainy edge to it. Yeah. But it's, it's just it's got the malt to back up that many IBUs yeah, on it. I think it really does. The ABV is what, five? It doesn't even say on the bottle. Five, five and a half percent is my guess. Okay. It's probably in that round. Where on your palate are you tasting the beer most? I think it's a really overall balanced beer. Mm-hmm. From th- I'm getting more in the back of my tongue you know, near the end. Do you get like a crisp finish yeah. at mm-hmm. all? Like a yeah, very. It's it's sweet at front, and then it just kind of very crisp. Oh, it's, it's easy drinking beer. And the aftertaste, I think, slowly moves toward the side. It goes from that back where you're tasting mm-hmm. it, and then as yeah. as it waits around a while, it slowly moves out toward the sides of your tongue, the mm-hmm. back of your palate there. Uh, which is a whole different part of of what you can taste and sense too. And when you, when you smell it, you can you can you can smell DMS in there. It's a kind of a sweet yeah. sweet corn. It's subtle, but it's there. Yeah, I like that sound with you near the glass. You, we sh- you should do all your shows from the bottom of a glass. I smell Doc. the corn. In it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is Doc from the bottom <laughs> of a glass. <laughs> I smell the corn, Luke. <laughs> I am your brewer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> father, <laughs> father. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up because you know what? I'm getting through just a ton of questions, which is what we were hoping for. Let's work them. And uh, we might have to kind of rapid fire these two. So let's try to keep the answers short and sweet, get to the point, and and move on to a few of the other ones. How about that? I don't know what this one is getting at, but it just goes flaked, barley, carafoam. Carafoam. It's German. Carafoam or both? Depends on the beer. Okay. Uh, what do you use them for to start? I use Carafoam in like a light lager. Okay. I mean, I think you'll get the head, same head retention that you will with a uh, flake barley. They're or all head retention wheat. things? Yeah, but you'll get some type of, you'll get a multi creaminess from a flaked wheat or a flaked barley. Okay. Uh, Carapils is mostly head retention. That really nice, thick, thick, creamy head. It gives just, you a little body in there, and the Carafoam, yeah. I've only seen it over the last six months or so. Oh, okay. I've tried it on a beer. And I usually try to add some uh, carob pills anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chris and uh, John told me, hey, try the carafoam. It's new you know, for us, and it's been out there a while, but okay. uh, it's it's kind of a newer thing. Um, flaked barley, it's more of a raw kind of flavor. It, it'll give you a little bit more flavor rather than just, uh, and it does does kind of boost the whole body of the, the beer too. Okay. And then, like John said, it depends on the beer because you don't put flake barley in just everything. You can almost put carapils or carafoam in almost anything. Yeah, you wouldn't do it in like a pilsner or kelp no. or something. Yeah. When you are sparging, sparge. At what gravity should you stop the sparge? Uh, about ten ten, yeah. something like that. You see, uh, you leave be- you be- leave behind some sugars, but what you, what you want. Right. Uh, you gotta deal with how much how much water you're gonna push through the mash. Um, another thing is as it thins out, uh, the pH is going to go up. The mash keeps the buffers and everything in the mash is going to keep the pH down, which keeps the tannins out of your beer. And that's why we always say, uh, you need to acidify your, your sparge water. Mm. Uh, if you're just, if you've got tap water that's nine, which a lot of them are, 
it's fine at first, but mm-hmm. as it starts thinning out, it overtakes the mash and the, the pH goes up. So if you already acidify it down, you know, 5, 5, 5, 6, it doesn't matter how thin you're going to go because the pH doesn't go up so much. Mm-hmm. But you, if you oversparge still, so about 10, 10 is usually where people stop. Ideally, don't you want your recipe and to know your brew system to the point where they'll actually run dry, but you'll reach your volume in your boil cup. Right, yeah. Cause to you, avoid you, that you, problem? Well, yeah, your uh, efficiency, if you don't leave anything left in there and your mash water. So you, you can dial in your own system so you know how much mash water to punch through there. But usually, generally, it's about two Play-Doh is what most people say. Okay. Uh, this person says, My batch sparge this time only yielded 61% efficiency. Short of doing a fly sparge, how can I improve my batch sparge efficiency? Uh, when you put it in there, do your normal rest for a while. Let it drain out. When you put it back in there, you got to let it sit for a while so it will actually dissolve a little more of the sugars. If you just fill it back up and drain it out real quick, you're going to leave too much in there because it doesn't have a time to assimilate into the into the solution. Is that when you're filling it back up with like 170 water? Right, yeah. Thing, because just let it sit um, for a while. A lot of people, they, they, they drain it out. Yeah. They fill it right back up, and they drain it right out again. Yeah, I did that. And you won't get the efficiency because it doesn't give it enough time to dissolve the sugars back into the thin part of the mash. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're, you're rinsing the grains, but you need to give it enough time. Don't stir your mash uh, because you've moved the... the you want it to sit. Yeah, you, well, you, you want it to be able to strain. The, right. the, the mash bit actually just strains, too. You gotta, Otherwise, you're going to get a really cloudy wart mm-hmm. and a lot of things in the brew pot you don't want to have. Okay. I want to use, it uh, says, uh, basmati rice and okay. see if the aromas make it into the beer. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? Tim? Because that's such an interesting thing. I was waiting for this question to oh, be answered. Okay. Uh, so I want to use the basmati rice and see if the aromas make it into the beer. Do I just cook the rice into a bloody mash and then add it to the mash tun? Yes. Or am I supposed to cook the rice with grain? No, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I'll talk about it tomorrow oh, okay. uh, using unmalted things. Uh, but generally... Uh, just go ahead and cook the rice in general. You can do it in a, a rice cooker if you want, whatever. Uh, be careful because, you know, it comes out of there like hot magma. Mm, okay. And then put it ba- put it into the mash. But you gotta you got to cook it just because uh, all the starches need to be gelatinized and you need to boil it. So go ahead and cook it as normal. Mm-hmm. And then the starches are there. You don't need as long as you put it back into the mash. And then all the enzymes in the mash will take over and use those starches that you freed up by boiling. Mm-hmm. And that makes it available to them. If you just put the thing, the rice back into the mash at 150, everything's all bound up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Is it basmati rice necessary or what kind of rice should you use? I, actually, I've got, I just ordered some red rice from India, mm. Indian red rice. So I'm going to make a red pilsner. Nice. Mm. nice. So uh, I'll get back to you on that. That's my next beer coming up. Oh, that's pretty cool. Look at Doc. Where'd you order that from? Rice or rice? Uh, <laughs> no, it was uh, Rice World. No, it was, was India Har- com. Okay. And cool. You can get all kinds of cool grains and things on there. All right. You can get anything on the internet. Yeah. We're connected. Yeah. What is the best way to use fruit in beer? I want to make a raspberry wheat. Should I... Should I put it in secondary? Should I steam them first, chop them up? What should you do to the, add The best them? way most people say is to freeze them. If you're going to use uh, real ones you picked. That way they're like sterilized, that. right? Um, it, yeah, and it, it breaks down a lot of the, the pectins. Mm-hmm. 
and it keeps your it it that's, it works better that way, which, and then, pre- which prevents haze issues. Yeah, it prevents the haze issue. Mm-hmm. And I use some pectin enzyme too, which helps break that down. But uh, by freezing them, it makes them all mushy, and it it frees things up. And do it in the secondary. Okay. Um, well, you don't want the f- primary fermentation to vent off all the aromatics from the it, fruit. Exactly. Right. It does that. It, it's you know bubbling off, and all that CO2 scrubs out. It'll maybe taste a little bit like raspberries, mm-hmm. but uh, it won't smell like them anymore. When Gino was in here from El Toro, was talking about the same thing. Just, you know, you don't want that aroma to get out in the fermentation. So. Mm-hmm. And the secondary is pretty quiet, so yeah. it's a good place to do it. When he uses fruit extract, which is another way to do it, he'll just add it right to the keg. When he kegs his beer. He'll take like his regular Pilsner, whatever it might be, and he'll add his fruit extract right when he kegs it and, and, and do it that way. That's the safest way to do it, and Jamil says uh, decide how much you need to put in. Uh, the way I do it is I take a 12-ounce beer, mm-hmm. and I measure how much I put in there. Like a milliliter? Yeah, I have, I have a pipette, right. so I use that. So a tenth of a milliliter, mm-hmm. whatever, I start with that until I get the taste I want. So I know how much is in that 12-ounce beer, and then I scale it up. And uh, then uh good rule of thumb, Jamil, is, uh, he says pull it back about 25%. It's a lot easier to add more than have to go ahead and blend once you added too much. Hmm. And that's the, that's the easiest way to actually get a real nice fruit beer. Uh, another thing... Uh, that I got from Mike McDowell was when you add extract or add the fruit to it, mm-hmm. you want to have it just barely detectable. You mm-hmm. don't want to have a fruit nectar what tastes like beer. Yeah. Uh, you want to have something that, oh, wow. A subtle hint a of subtle, fruit. A subtle hint of fruit, and it, especially if you're going to do contest, that's what you want. Okay. If you want to make it for a nice summertime drink and picnic thing and you got a lot of uh, people that want to get their thirst quenched and don't like beer, uh, go a little more heavy-handed on it. Okay. But it's, it's easier to, to work it that way, to get as much in there as you want. When you're using real fruit, mm-hmm. it gets a little dicey. All right. And more of a, a simple question here, and uh, this one I think is referring to boilovers. If you swirl your wort, is it as good as blowing on your wort? And I you think blow you know, your wort? When it's about to boil over... Uh, I use a big. I have a big spoon, uh, restaurant big stainless steel spoon. You want to break up the surface tension, yeah. okay. uh, and you can do it a lot of different ways. Some people throw in a, a few hop pellets, and that breaks the surface tension. Hmm. Uh, spraying water on it does the same thing. Right, right. Turning uh, your heat down. Turning, turning <laughs> you know, your heat yeah, down. except that that's not immediate. You still got that little foam thing coming over it. If yeah. you want to keep it in the kettle, you got to do something. Blow on it and turn it off. Um, yeah. A lot of guys in the brew club have uh, electronic uh, temperature. Uh, the thermometers mm-hmm. with an alarm on it, so they put it in there, and when they st- they set it at like two ten, and when that goes off, then they start watching their pot. Okay, smart. Yeah. And so it doesn't blow off. Uh, if you can get one thing, I've noticed if you have a converted kettle that has a smaller opening on the top rather than a uh, kettle that has straight sides, yeah, you're more likely to boil over. Hmm. Yeah, I get. I almost get a boil over every time since I started with the converted uh-huh. um, converted keg. Yeah, yeah, because it does have the the two sides. You can try some foam control in it if you you really have a big issue. Uh, I've been okay. Wheat beers uh, have a tendency because they've got more proteins. Okay, they thicken up on the surface. I like the spray bottle with some cold water in it. In fact, you can just kind of spray. Some people throw in some ice cubes, but the the, the spray bottle probably works the best. Spray bottle is cool because you're not changing the temperature at all of the boil. So not that one ice cube is going to necessarily do it either. You're just you're just changing the you're just hitting the bubbles. Yeah. The, the foam right. coming up. It's quicker than blowing on too. So uh, yeah. just, just 
throw in probably five or six uh, hot pellets. Yeah. Don't throw in a handful because you will have a boil over. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just throw in five or six, and that'll break it up a little bit, and it won't do it as That's much. That's a good idea. Yeah. Especially also because if you take a few deep breaths and blow on it, you're likely to pass out and yeah, fall right yeah, in. Fall I get a little lightheaded when I have to do that. Oh, and the biggest thing is just just watch it because yeah. it never boils over when you're watching. As soon as you turn your back, yeah. you know, wait till that protein break. You'll yeah. know. Yeah. And once it starts to boil a little bit, then then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. This question is for me, and of course it has nothing to do with beer. <laughs> just want to know when I'm going to Connecticut. Yeah. It's a guy called Trends. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> no, actually, he wants to know when we're going to the East Coast. I think he's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Soon. Uh, I think it's possible in April because my brother's wife is shooting out a little animal. So, uh, <laughs> a little animal. Might have to go look at that thing. Yeah. And they go, oh, how cute. And then we're going to go on our East Coast trip. Are you going to Florida? Or in June? To the Nationals? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are. Sorry. Um, I'm a little confused. No, we are. We're totally going to that, um, which is, I guess, you know, it's also the East Coast, but it, it's hard yeah. for me to consider it the East Coast because it's like down in the yeah. tropics, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's such a different East Coast that I'm used to having come from Connecticut. To me, East Coast is cold and green. Right. You know, and not whereas humid and hot. not humid and, <laughs> and blue water, you know, it's a totally different thing. But uh, we're going to try to do both. We're going to go to Connecticut, I, I think, in April and... Um, then, the full, of course, we're going to do our best to go to nationals. Okay. Is so. PA so far away from Connecticut? No. Nah. Uh, we're not driving there, if that's what you mean. But uh, it's not It's not really far away. But Trans wants to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Meet him in the middle. Yeah, Trans can drive, <laughs> Meet to, him in the middle. drive to Connecticut. That's fine by me. There's even an airport there. It's amazing. No. So, uh, I thought they closed that. <laughs> yeah. What is the optimal temp for Y-East 1084, Johnny P.? <laughs> 1084. I just well, thought I'd throw that. I came well, through thanks. It. I have no idea what 1084 <laughs> is, so I have no answer for that question. I, I would, I'm going to direct you to yeast.com. Now, what's 1084? I don't know which one that is. Yeah. You can maybe clarify the question, and they might have an answer for what kind of yeast it is. And another one that we may not know here because we're not manufacturers of these things. What are the differences in manufacturing of carapils and crystal malt? And are the carapils, um, and as the carapils are added, maltodextrins, is it essential to mash it? And since carapils are adding maltodextrins, is it essential to do a mash with carapils? Carapils? It does the same thing that a maltodextrin does. Um, There's maltodextrin powder and uh, carapils do the same thing. Their body body enhancers for the mm-hmm. beer. It's really hard to dissolve maltodextrin. It takes a while. You might want to boil that, right? Yeah, you might it's it's good for extract brewers to add mouthfeel or Yeah, it adds mouthfeel. Uh you're probably better off having a separate pot with some hot water, hmm. stir and stir and stir until it dissolves and then add it into the boil kettle. Hmm. Otherwise it really goes to the bottom and you have some issues with it. Uh with a Carapils, you're going to get more out of it if you mash it, but you're not going to get uh, fermentables out of it. If you're an extract brewer, can you steep it? Yes, you can. Okay. You'll probably get a better better job of uh, getting things out of it by mashing it. But, yeah, I've steeped it before, and it works fine. Okay. But it's, it's a body, but mouth it's un- feel kind of. But it's unfermentable, though. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. We've got a caller here. Hey, Bub, you on the air? Yo. Hey, buddy, what's happening? Hey, I was wondering, um, when I'm using, uh, when I'm making cider, should I use a, a, a champagne yeast, or should I actually get a cider yeast for that? That depends on 
how dry you want it. And I found that uh, champagne yeast will really dry everything out quite a bit, almost to the point where it just tastes too dry. You don't get what you want. If you want a little bit of sweetness in it, you can experiment with that uh, or split the batch and do one with with a champagne yeast and one with a cider yeast mm-hmm. and maybe blend. Most cider guys will blend. Okay. A little bold. Just, yeah, just to get where they want. Um, what kind of, is it an apple cider? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot has to do with, with apple cider. It's the blend of the apples. Um, do you have access to that? To like orchards or guys that grow apples? Yeah, I've got a, yeah, there's an orchard just down the road. And if, if he can mix some apples, do some research on what apples he has. Uh, some apples are more acidic, some are more, uh, sweet. Some will make you go to hell. And in, in a lot of times they'll, they'll blend it for you when they mash it. They'll, they'll, when they squish it, they'll they'll do that for you. But you, you'll, you, you go to we're hell. going to hell. Yes, you are. Okay, that was awesome. It's not my story. I'm just just relating it to you yeah. guys. In case you haven't heard, I've I've heard. Man. <laughs> uh, but I think you'll find that champagne will dry it out way too much. So are you going to address all this on the Cider Show next week? <laughs> Is that the Cider Show? We should have done the Cider Show for you guys this week when we had the cancellation exactly. and just threw together some Cider info for you. We're working on it, though. Yes. Yeah. I uh, Actually, I got the personal number of the Two Rivers guy, so uh, oh. we're much more likely awesome. to get him, get him in here now. The voicemails don't work. Two Rivers Cider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boob, by the way, is working on a thing in the forum. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it, Boob, because I want to... Uh, want to have you finish it up first before we go ahead and do a big plug for right, it. Right, yeah, Code Night. Code's going to work on that so it looks a little nicer and uh, it'll be a little bit better in the background. But it's, yeah, it's a secret Santa for, for homebrewers, basically, and we're not waiting for Christmas for it either. And Boob and a few of the guys in the in our forum there have been uh, chiming in back and forth on it. And basically going to put in your names like a secret Santa. Everybody draws a name. And oh, yeah. You send people homebrew out of it. I think it's just an awesome idea that you guys have put together. And Boob's working on the website for us, I guess, along with Code, too. And when you guys get that nailed down, we'll do a big plug for it and, and make sure we get everybody involved. I'm interested in it. I, I'm in. So, cool. Yeah, I thought it'd be a great idea. You know, that's one of the you know it, it is kind of a network and in more than one way. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only is it a radio-esque network, uh, we can actually network with each other and. Uh, Which is a cool thing. Great there. point. Yeah. You, and you know, you guys are have just been real cool about that, especially now that I just I can at least watch it happen with Skype. It's a little more visible once once everybody got in Skype. I can see you guys all chiming in there and hey, I was skyping this person and talking to that person, and it really is a network. It's very cool as well as the forum, of course. Yeah, so. and the naked uh, webcams are really nice too. <laughs> those, are, those are always fun. You can't go wrong Damn with it. a little naked webcam. Damn it. <laughs> all right, Boop. Thanks a lot. Just keep me up to date, and we'll do a plug. All right, no problem. Thanks. See you, buddy. Now, you can go way wrong with a naked webcam. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can. It, <laughs> it does get yeah, ugly. It's wireless, too. What specialty grain can I use to increase the mouthfeel of my beer? Carapil. Or carapome, too. Yeah, okay. we can talk about that. Yeah, about 10% can can work wonders. Okay. Uh, you got to up or down what, how you're using it. Okay. Um, it doesn't give any fermentables, but it, it does thicken up the mouthfeel. Maybe even a little flaked oats, small percentage, five percent maybe. Okay, it depends on the beer. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Does yeast choice make much difference in the head retention in general? No, I think I think you're fermentation getting, does. Yeah, but I think you're getting most of that from the grain bill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want a little more head retention, what I've always used is a little bit of wheat malt. Okay. Uh, just maybe even three, four, five percent. 
Okay. Because you don't want the wheat to come through in a lot of beers, but if you want to have more head retention, uh, the wheat really can can pull it through, and it's a pretty mild flavor, so it doesn't overpower anything at two or three or four percent. Yeah, it's more mouthfeel and, and actual flavor than it is. Okay. What you see with the white head, you know. But were you saying, can you kill uh, your head retention in the fermentation? Well, I think that some yeasts are ferment more sugars than others, so I think you might have more alcohol present, which might kill head retention. Of course. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that'll that'll do it, or if it, it takes out too many of the long-chain dextrins to help exactly. do that. All right. I like this question. I'm skipping ahead <laughs> to this one. <laughs> because he likes that one. Yeah. I read that you can use Beano to make a low-carb beer. Yes, yep. you can. Oh, you guys both know about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. That's no that's no myth, huh? No. What's no. the deal with that? Uh, it, it's an amylase uh Pretty it much zero it out, wrong? It, no, not Almost. necessarily, but it, it breaks down. It's another enzyme, and it helps break down some of the longer chain guys uh, so the yeast can eat them. So would you do just like a regular recipe, but then add some Beano to it to reduce the carbs? Is that right? What? You want to put it in the primer. You don't want to boil it because it kills the enzymes. Oh, okay. So grind them up. Uh, What's about five tablets and five gallons, something like that. Okay. And it, it'll get your gravity down farther. Uh, you need to overcompensate for the mouthfeel that you're going to lose. Right. So put some uh, carapils in there. Okay. And uh, boost that part up because it won't it won't mess with that. What about the flavor? Yeah, very dry. It it, it dries things out quite but, a bit. But that's just like, okay. So that's a, just by fermenta- right. uh, fermenting out to a lower gravity. But does but it flavor. does it actually add any like of its own flavors? No. No. Nothing. No. Huh? It's basically it's an enzyme. Okay. And it, it helps break things down, which is what the mashing and the malting all does. Probably be good for barley, barley wines or doppelbox or high-gravity Belgians. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you, I need a little Beano yesterday, boys. To clean your system out? Or? No. to uh, <laughs> I Slow you down a little bit? A little gas. It was unbelievable. Hey. Like, uh, I was out drinking strong beers uh, with, with Sean. 21st, he gave us uh, he gave me a couple of the, of the goodies he brought back, and then plus his strong beers and then porters and all kinds of stuff. And I don't know what it did to my inside, but uh, I couldn't stand myself. Whoa. I, like, uh, you offended that, yourself? Yeah. It's funny because I... Daniela's fish. Check this out. And I... I, I, I I truly hope that some of you guys have been able to experience this sometime in your life because this is cool. Uh, Daniela got out of bed earlier than me, like maybe a half an hour before or so, and I'm still laying in there, and I'm just, I'm just, you're laying you're down naughty. Some, I am you're just, laying down some grazing oh, fire. I am just dropping bombs. I can't help it. I'm half asleep, and I'm just dropping bombs. <laughs> she walks back into the room half hour later, and it's a fairly large room, right? So I'm not talking about some confined area here. And it just, like, the smoke was in there. She could hardly make it through. She walks in, <laughs> throws her shirt up over her nose. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Has to open the window and turn on the fan. And smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and, boy, was I proud. Yeah, I would be, too. I, mean, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Look how happy she is. I mean, she's right. I could hardly stand myself. Uh, telling you, a little Beano would have done done me well. You, Danielle, next time you, when, you, when I'm like that, you got to slip a little Beano into my breakfast or I something. don't even know what Beano is. It's, uh, it's these little tablets that uh, stop you from having gas. Mm, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Hell, I didn't bother to tell you. <laughs> I was having fun. Like he, he likes it so much because he knows that he's not allowed to burp and to fart when I'm present. Wait, whoa, whoa, that's torture. That's slavery right there. It is. He has yeah. to leave the room. That's how it I is. I like the well. smell of my own gas. I don't know about you. No, everybody dude. likes their own brand. Exactly. You know what? In general, yes. 
in this stuff, guys? No, no, I couldn't. I oh, went didn't out, even like. It. I went outside for my own benefit oh. and tried to like run upwind. Oh, kind of he did. A little it was tear so come down bad. From your eye. <laughs> this was not a happy. It was like his own colon just died or something. I don't know what's going on in there. It <laughs> ate itself, it's and then the <laughs> I don't know. It was the worst thing I've ever smelled. That's bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The Beano thing got me on that topic. All right. Um, what styles benefit from decoction mashing? Uh, most German styles, uh, pilsners, uh, wits, wits, um, uh, anything with a lot of unmalted stuff in there, uh, they will. Um, Oktoberfests, lagers, basically. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get a lot. Most of the ales come from, at least their bases is in uh, England. In England, they've been using a single infusion mash forever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting point that you're bringing up right now. I mean, lagers consume uh, more sugar than ales. Right. So you think that maybe you compensate the actual dryness of a beer with a different mash temperature with, um, I don't know what point was here, but... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that lagers consume the sugar raffinose and they'll consume more so there'll be a drier beer right and i know that if if you do a decoction mash you'll get a maltier beer but ales on the other hand tend to be a little bit more maltier more mouthfeel than a lager strain because they don't ferment out as much sugar mm-hmm. so I'm, never mind I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you do a protein rest on a bison i do yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it Why? Has, What's a protein rest? Let's start with that. Okay. Protein rest is a uh, enzyme rest at 122, rather than your sacrification rests, which are in the 40s and 50s. You use a protein rest to use those enzymes to help break up the long chain proteins. It helps a lot with the log with the loudering. Uh, if you have a wheat beer with 40, 50, 60 percent wheat you're going to have a problem with not only that it doesn't have enough husks in there, hmm. uh, you, it gets really gummy. If you let the uh, temperature drop a little bit into the low 50s of your mash or, or lower than that, you're going to have issues with it not not straining out and your, um, your efficiency goes down and you have little trouble with the runoff. Okay. So it actually helps get the gumminess out of there with a wheat beer. Okay. Because wheat has so much more protein than barley, and you need to compensate for that. And a protein rest works really well for that. And what's the temperature of the protein 122. rest? 122. Isn't there a range, though? 122 to? Yeah, there's always a range. Like 10, 15 degrees? Yeah, there's about 10 degrees in there. But just just shoot for for 122. Okay. And How long that, would you the, leave it there? Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes is fine. If you go 30 minutes, that's cool, too. I wouldn't do an hour out there. There's okay. no, no point. So 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that, that'll work out real well. Okay. Cool. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? It's going real well. Who are we talking to? Uh, Lord Bia Berkeley. What's up, Lord Bia? Nice. Hey. Um, question for you guys. Um, I'm part of a, uh, starting a homebrew club at my university, and, um, was wondering, we wanted to get, like, maybe one or two grains in bulk but we didn't know what w- if you guys had any suggestions on any um, wholesale bulk distributors. And, I mean, wholesale, like, as in home brewers could get, like, one base malt for, you know, six months. Hmm. I don't know. If you want a pallet, home- huh? Yeah. Well, not a pallet, but... Well, most, most big home brew shops, um, Northern Brewer, B3, they'll sell you at sack prices, which are a lot less. 
What's the cost of a sack, Doc? A sack, a sack of hot nuts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that. Yeah, what is the cost? So of, what's the what's the B? How much will you guys sell at most, John? At B three, we discount. If you buy four sacks, we in store we take it ten percent off. Okay, so it's like fifteen twenty bucks savings. And how it's about much? Twenty five dollars a sack. A sack, okay. Yeah. To how much? How big is a sack? Fifty pounds. Fifty. Fifty pounds. Fifty. Fifty pounds. <laughs> Fifty pounds. Um, of grain. Yeah, so it depends on how much you're gonna. Use. You can buy it in bulk. A lot of people buy it that way. Uh, they get a much better deal with it that way. You're gonna need a you know, grain mill. Yeah. Um. Uh, to really get it cheap, you need to know a brewer, and like a mm-hmm. small small brew house. Like they can get it really cheap. Yeah. Go to your local brewery. You guys got a microbrewer around there? Yeah, but uh, he, the, the 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 guy close by likes to uh, likes to push his beer, which is you know. Uh, understandable, but, but if but if he knew that you know the homebrew scene really pushes his beer anyway, and if he alienates you guys, he's a homo. Uh, <laughs> it is not helping him any because uh, you're not going to go drink his beer. You can badmouth it to two of your friends who badmouth it to two more, and pretty soon you know he, he's a dick. And, <laughs> and or you can badmouth it here and do it like a thousand people at once. At once, yeah. <laughs> want. So it's it's you know go be friendly with him and maybe he can help you out. Maybe you know, talk about it like a sponsorship uh, where you know you get he'll give it to you at his price. Um, that might be a way to to do it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, buddy up to him and. You try to try to talk to him. And, you know, your guys are coming up, and you got some guys that maybe want to go into the professional side of it, and it's a nonprofit thing, and maybe he'll, he can give it to you at his price. Hey, and they, that's they, they that's a good get, idea. They can get it a lot try. cheaper, especially because you're a university. You know, yeah. it's not like you're just some jerk down the road. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think people tend to support students a little more because, for some reason, they think you guys have potential, but. They then look at me. I don't know what the hell <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Or call B three and tell him how much you love the show and see if Johnny will cut you a deal. Sure. Oh, <laughs> sweet. All right. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Who knows? If, if you buy like a pallet of grain, it's like fifteen bucks a bag. Oh, that's pretty cheap. It's pretty cheap. And how many bags are on a pallet though? Like roughly fifty. Thirty. Oh, thirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cheap. Put those dues together, man. Yeah. It's a lot <laughs> of grain. Cool. Thanks, Lord Bia. Thanks. See you, buddy. Lord Berkeley. I'm going to take a break here. You've been standing up this whole show. He said he wants Beard. to do that now because he feels more superior that way. <laughs> That's what Chris Graham said. I didn't say it. <laughs> it's true, but I didn't say it. That's ironic. No, you, you didn't deny it either. I said more control of the board and everything. Oh, I thought, you, way said, I thought you just said you had more control. I said more control. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I was there's a, there's actual chairs that... Uh, you know what the problem is? I started working at that radio station out yeah, there, and I'm it. working in like a million-dollar studio. They got every, everything there is just awesome. It's great. And I love our studio. We got a nice studio here, too. Yeah. But let's face it, we're not CBS. Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> no. And anyway, uh, theirs is built much the same way, at least in... You know, I built the desk right in the sense that it's supposed to be high, and it gives you better control over it. But what they have is these real nice chairs that are up high also. So I went looking into that because now I'm all spoiled over in that studio. I'm like, I want the nice high chair. And they're like $200, and like, guess what? I'm not going to spend 200 bucks on a chair when I can just stand. Yeah, <laughs> just hang go. out right yeah, here. we build you a platform for your chair. Yeah, there we go. I did a little platform over here. So anyway, yeah, that's the deal with me standing. Nobody else gets to see it. You guys just get to make fun of me. Uh, how about a quick question? We'll take a break because I need a refill, and I got a few more questions to get to. Uh, we'll take a pee, and we'll wrap it up and, and try to get out of here Perfect. by 7.30 Purging or so. Uh, does the protein rest do the same as decoction? No. no. Totally different things, right? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Good enough. <laughs> no. 
Next. I, I have a question. I have a question for Doc. Does decoction brewing start at the acid rest, like 95? Yeah, you start low. Okay. Well, nobody does an acid rest anymore. You don't really you don't need, need to, to do that. But yeah. it starts at the protein rest. That's a good okay. place to start. Okay. Uh, start at 122. Uh, get one at one point and then pull it off. Take your decoction off. Pull that up to about 150, 155, 55, and leave, leave it there for 15 minutes, then boil it, okay. then stick it back in okay. and into the mash and go for that. Then do your sack rest. Yep. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. And now back to three guys with absolutely nothing better to do. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. It's a homebrew party on the Brewing Network, hanging out and talking beer Woo-hoo. every Sunday. It's good stuff. Yeah. Gotta wrap things up though. I got a few questions here from the chat, and uh, then I think we're gonna try to get out of here because you know we can. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> we got the Dan rescheduled, and and you know we've answered a bunch of questions, so we're gonna go and I think probably keg Daniela's beer, drink and, some beer, uh, drink some beer. And then watch The Sopranos. But so not drink mine yet. No, no. We're, we're just going to kick it. Can we play Stump Dog and John? Yeah. But we don't have anything to give away. I will think of something. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll play Stump. So go ahead. Uh, do your Stump Dog and John. It's going to be a duo. You don't get to pick them. Oh, I thought, uh, said, no, I thought it said Stump Dog. And we're on the same team. I thought dog. I was out of this one. Okay. No, it's you and I, Doug. <laughs> stump the dog. Uh, okay, a few questions. Why is it not a good idea to clean, not sanitize, my fermenters with OxyClean? If I know OxyClean has bleach, right? I just, yeah, I, well, I just read that one, and um, there was an ingredient in it, and I, I don't, I don't really remember them saying it, it was uh, not a good idea. Well, if there's bleach in it, it'll pop stainless. So, but you, you can do limited chlorine on stainless all you want. Oh, okay. And I got a lot to talk about with that on the the sanitation show, which is next week about the. The bad effects of the chlorine mm. on the stainless, and there's ways around it. Okay. Is this a serious question, Daniela? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Not a serious question. Well, there's somebody who had a question about how to whirlpool. Okay. okay. All right. That's fine. I just was making sure because. Because I can answer it, which makes me think it's not a serious question. Well, no, it's, uh, it's Big Chuge, and I think he just started brewing okay, as well. Okay, cool. So no, then, then that's fair enough. I just uh, Occasionally, when I can give the answer to the question, I think it's not a, it's a false question. <laughs> which pretty much is the case, yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, the question is, you know, what is a Whirlpool, and how, do you, how, do you, how the hell do you get it to work for you? So uh, Whirlpool is what you do at the end of your boil, and you can do it. Uh, I just learned how to do it, actually, myself, because... Um, when you do a partial boil on your stove and you only have three gallons and you dump all of that uh, concentrated wort into your fermenter, there's no need for you to do a whirlpool. You could technically whirlpool and then siphon off the wort, but you're going to leave so much of that good stuff behind that you really don't want to do it with a partial boil. But if with a big do, boil... Yeah, if you don't have a spigot or if you're going to dump it, yeah, there's no point. There's no point. If you've got a, a siphon yeah. or a, a valve... 
Right. Then, then it's cool. It's just it's using the laws of physics to your advantage to get a clean beer, and that's all it is. So you do uh, basically what you want to do is when you have a spigot at the bottom of your kettle, like Doc is saying, is you want to leave behind a much of the as much of the trube and, and the cold uh, and the cold break, break and the hot break. Well, you're getting cold break too yeah, if, you're get, if you're doing an immersion chiller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're do, you're getting cold break in there too, and basically you want to leave as much of the junk behind as you possibly can. And a whirlpool helps you to do that by making all of those particles settle in the middle of your kettle. So uh, a couple of things I actually just just learned. Uh, the big brewers, of course, they have a much bigger kettle. When they do their whirlpool, which is essentially just what it sounds like, you get that you get your wort in there, you take your spoon, and you just really get it spinning while the wort's still hot so that it's still going to sanitize and no big deal. And you just you give it a, as, as, as good of a whirlpool as you can get going, and then you leave it alone. And you just wait for it to stop and let all of those particles settle out in the middle of the kettle. Big brewers will actually do that for like uh, for like 15 to 30 minutes. They'll let that once they get the whirlpools, they'll actually get the whirlpool started for about take about 15 to 20 minutes Mm -hmm. just getting it started, and then let it sit for half an hour after that to just really settle out of there. Of course, it depends on their uh, on their on their kettle and and who the brewer is, but because they're using they're they're so big, they'll really let it settle out, and that's okay for you to do too. What you want is it to really settle out. That's a good point, though. You do want it to settle out. That's Don't the want key. To rush that. That's yeah. exactly the key. The first time I did it, I rushed it, and it was completely a waste. What yeah. I did was put all those particles into solution. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't wait for the whirlpool to finish, you're you're, you're doing the opposite of what you're trying to do. Now, if you've ever stirred your cup of tea that has tea leaves in it, you'll notice that they all go to the middle. Right. And that's the same principle. It all goes to the middle, and then your spigot's clear. Yeah, and it, it settles into a cone in the middle, mm-hmm. and then you, you can take it off. If, you, if you're going to just dump the whole thing, there's yeah. no point. Because you're dumping it all anyway. Yeah. But if you're going to take it out of the spigot, now, on mine, because it's a converted keg, it has that concave bottom. So it's 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 pretty cool it's because it will all sit in the middle of that, and then my spigot's a good two inches above that even. Mm-hmm. So I do leave some work behind, but I also leave behind all that junk. In John's case, he's got your regular flat-bottomed kettle, just like a, it's not a converted keg. It's a, it's a regular kettle. He's actually had mounted a diverter plate, which is about an inch or so away from the spigot. Yeah, it takes up half the circumference. So okay. There's a welded, welded or a welded... Uh Steel frame in front of it. So. Looks like a little fence. Exactly. It's a, that's exactly yeah. what it, it's a. It's a little stainless steel fence, so that when he does his whirlpool and everything sits in the middle, mm-hmm. he's not drawing from the whirlpool at all. He's drawing from behind that little fence. Yeah. I still think you can do a whirlpool without that too. Just take your stainless steel spoon or a spoon of some sort, whirlpool mm-hmm. it for get it like a tornado. Yeah. Walk away for thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, come back, and it'll all be a cone. Right. You know, you don't even need a diver. I, right. I have a pump, and that's what I use. I have so a whirlpool do. built into the. Uh, Oil kettle. Nice. So it pulls it through the pump, pushes it back in, and spins it. Okay. Okay. And then just for my process, if you happen to be using an immersion chiller, what I'll do is right when I turn off the boil, uh, turn off the flame, I'm done with my boil, I'll get a, a just a real good... I, I've had my immersion chiller sitting in there for about 10 minutes already, during the, for the 10 minutes at the end of the boil. 15 is fine, too, because what you want to do is sanitize that thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sitting in your wort uh, as it cools down through that dangerous point. So I sit that thing in there for 10 or 15 minutes, and then right when I turn the f- flame out, I'll actually just lift it up out real quick so I can get a real good whirlpool going with my spoon, drop it right back in, and then leave it sit for you know 30 minutes as my immersion chiller's doing its thing. It's cooling down and settling all at the same time. Got a real clear transfer last time I did that. And as it's cooling, you're going to get the cold break coming down, and that'll settle in at the same time. Yeah. The key here, like John said, is make sure you wait Just for wait. it. Otherwise, you're defeating the purpose. Go have a purpose. beer. 
take a break. Relax, have a yeah, homebrew. Watch the Sopranos. I just received an update on The Sopranos because it was aired on the East Coast already. They didn't tell you what happened, did they? No, but they told me that it was really lame for like 40 minutes and then something major. And we're talking here, major happens. Wow. So don't walk away. (sighs) Wow. I'm so excited. I I could see you watching it for 40 minutes, but this is lame. (laughs) And you go outside and have a cigarette, (laughs) and then the cool thing happens. I would do that with anything, but not with The Sopranos. Not The Sopranos. I respect my religion. (laughs) Wow. Okay. She's a keeper there, Jay. That's right. That's why she accepts it when I'm like mean and angry. She's like, oh, well, Tony's that way. You're a soprano. It's fine. (laughs) This question is, I've never dry hopped. I do not use a corny keg. What is the recommended way for me to dry hop in my carboys? Throw them in. You can (laughs) throw them away or or you can put them in a a hop bag and kind of use something to poke them down into the neck of the bottle and get them down in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might want to... I would use pellets. Uh, you don't really need to wait in there. They'll, they will eventually sink in there, but do it in the secondary. Uh, sanitize the bag first uh, with some sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to sanitize the hops because by that point, uh, there's not anything on hops that can really kind of grow in the secondary. And you have alcohol already. And you got the alcohol, the pH, and things that are it will kind of deal with anything that's on there. Don't don't yeast in in your secondary. Start fermenting the hops that you dry hop again. So you're gonna have to let it set out for another week or two weeks after that. Yeah, I've seen that happen. So right, your fermentation is done, and then you've thrown in your hops. It's like more food for them. And it will start. It'll act, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the deal is that's happening there. That Doc, are you listen to this because I'm not. No, I'm, I'm reading that question you gave. Me. We're talking about when you dry hop. Okay, I've had this happen. My fermentation's done in the primary. Okay. Okay. And whether I transfer to secondary now, let's say I leave it in primary. Okay, but I know my fermentation is done, and then I dry hop in there. Occasionally, it will appear that fermentation has started again by me putting those hops in there. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it happen. John's fine, come over. There's, there's and a fine layer of green hops on top, yeah. and then you see little bubbles formed, and the yeast are eating at it. And well, uh, you you think your fermentation is done, but it's not. Mm. That's yeah, why just because it stops bubbling doesn't mean it's done. No, I know that. I'm not saying I'm aware of that. Um, there, there's no sugars in the hops that it's going to eat. Yeah, that's what I. Th- that's why I thought it might have something to do with theirs. We're, we're actually feeding more oxygen to the yeast with the hops because there is oxygen in the hops in those hop pellets, just kind of crammed in there. Not much because they want to get that out of there. Otherwise, it'll oxidize the hops. So yeah, that's why they yeah. they put it in the nitrogen flushed bags and everything else. So it's really not the oxygen and and whatever is in there, it'll scrub it out anyway. Because there's uh, a weird thing. It'll but, actually but there's look there's still up, something going on. Yeah, it'll appear that it's fermenting. Yeah, again. it does. I'll show it to you sometime, yeah. Doc, and then we can talk about it. Sure. Because it is weird. It's, uh, you know, to John well, Cena, too. It's, I've it's seen weird. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think it's abnormal. I've had beer that was dry hopped with whole, whole leaf hops, and it, it almost has like a wet hop character to it. It's not as it's not as flavorful or bitter as a pellet. Yeah, yeah because you get all that more vegetable matter, yeah. all, the, all the leafy it, stuff that's in it's there. It's almost soapy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get more vegetable matter mm-hmm. in there. I don't really know if you guys are talking about it right now because I didn't listen, but somebody <laughs> says, no way, nucleation points make CO2 come out of the solution so it looks like more firm, but it is not. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, b- uh, most people think they have flat beer when it's done fermenting, but you don't. You have probably about uh, one, one and a half uh, volumes of CO2 in there. Okay. So there's CO2 in the solution. It doesn't all just bubble right through, but yeah, it's yeah. in there. So you don't have – you have CO2 in there. 
And that's a good point. Okay. You, you're making the hops come out, and it gives an enucleation points, which are boiling points. And okay. It, it helps the, that come out of solution. So that's probably what you're saying. Oh, that makes because that's what I wasn't saying it was fermentation. I'm saying yeah. it appears to be fermentation because yeah. that's what it looks like. Oh, you see bubbles. But you see, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and it, also you see the hops moving up and down, just like you do, you know, actually churning in there. You'll see that happen a bit too. Okay. So, but it uh, that would it would entirely make sense if it's CO2 coming up from the bottom and even well, in the it's in it's in the solution. Yeah. It's, it's given it. A chance to do that. Okay, fair enough. Mr. No Way Pants. <laughs> you want to do that question right there, Doc? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, can regular ale yeast ferment uh, wort from a sour mash? Yes, it can. It about uh, That's how you make whiskey. So, uh, like two and a half to three pH. Uh, when you test your wort, when you're fermenting it, it's not at mash pH. It's a lot lower than that. So it, it will drop. Hmm. And it works fine. Uh, the pH isn't so much at the issue with that, but that's how they make uh, whiskey, All mostly right. bourbon. All right. I see you writing another question there, Danielle. If it's important, I'll do it right now. Otherwise, I'm going to do the last one we've got. I have another couple of important questions. Okay, I'm just going to read this one to you, though, so I don't have to write. Okay, I want to use nitro with my beer. Do I use a nitro beer mix, and what is the best mix? And also, do I need a special tap, or can I just use the trut flow taps that I have? Or does B3 have a sparkler? Uh, you don't need a spark. You know, you, what you really need is a Guinness or a stout tap. Anything with a restriction plate it's, in it. It's got to have a restriction plate. Now let's go to the first part. Uh, it's not a pure nitrogen mix. It's a nitrogen mix. It's uh, about 70% nitrogen, 30% CO2. you got to run it at about 30 PSI. Uh, and it doesn't work. It won't work with a regular faucet. It'll just come blowing out of there. And it's in a nitrogen tank, too. It's in a nitrogen. It looks like a nitrogen tank. you got to go ask for the beer mix. Uh, and most places that do gases will have that. Um, but it comes through at, at 30 PSI. And with a regular faucet, it's going to blow through there. Mm. And, you, and with a stout faucet, it has a restrictor plate, which you need the 30 pounds to push it even through that. And that helps break the little bit of CO2 that's in there out. Okay. Uh, so you need a special faucet. You need a different regulator. And you need uh, the beer mix, which is a 70-30 mix. B3 is working on that, but we're waiting for the label approvals from our gas provider, hmm. and that's a whole law issue and all this other stuff. So liability lot, most issue. Most of them, most like you know, welding shops or uh, any place you can buy gas, they know what you're talking about. Okay. If you need a fresh gas provider? Yeah. No, don't even <laughs> think about that. Go to Justin's bedroom. But it's not pure nitrogen. Okay. One further question. Dr. Scott, can I use NO2 in my beer for an extra drowsy character? An extra what? Drowsy. <laughs> D-R-O-W-S-Y. Hey, you're right. Yeah, that's drowsy. <laughs> um, what is that like, Doc, when he's stoned? Yeah. What's an extra drowsy character? <laughs> um, nitrogen. nitrogen does not dissolve in the fluid very well. And it's mostly, it a little bit does, and, but it mostly is there to push the extra pressure through that restriction faucet. So you're... It has to do with pressures, partial pressures of gas, hmm. and how much is in there. Uh, you won't, if you ran straight nitrogen on it, and you don't have the faucet, you're not going to get what you want out of it. It won't have. It's mostly for mouth feel and the the head retention things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so I don't really get the question so much. All right, no problem. Next question: Can you? And this is actually interesting because it was posted on um, Brew Club. 
house. So they have been talking about this one. Okay. Can you mash or sparge one night, then brew the next day with decent results? What would go bad overnight that would not be corrected by the boil? Uh, it depends. If you can keep the mash at a certain temperature, that's a, that's a, a, if it, you let it drop down too low, you're going to get lactic in there. You're probably going to get an infection mm-hmm. uh, because it's going it's to be on there. You're not going to kill everything with a mash temperature in the 150 range. Uh, that's how you run a sour mash which is what you want to have if you're trying to get that lactic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't boil that out. You can kill all the lactic acid guys that are producing it with the boil, but you're going to have a lactic acid that they produce in there, and you're going to get a sour beer. Okay. Uh, and you, you can use that to your advantage if you're doing that sort of thing. Uh, if you want to brew a wit like we're doing tomorrow, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, you can't. Some people will do the overnight mash, but you got to keep the the temperature up there. Hmm. Uh, but most people say not to do it. I have a funny story about but that actually. There's people that do it all the time that that do get good results. Mm-hmm. But you, you're not going to scrub. The, the question here is, can I can I get rid of it in the boil? Right. No. It's gonna, if, if, it will check the pH of your water. Yeah. Well, once you get that lactic character in there mm-hmm. that doesn't boil back out by boiling it you're gonna you're gonna sanitize it and get rid of the, the lactic acid bacteria mm-hmm. that, so they won't produce anymore but whatever is in there you're gonna you're gonna have carry through in the flavor i did a uh, five-hour mash once with a english brown i dowed in about two thirty, three in the morning got up at about seven thirty in the morning sparged off at like 110 fahrenheit from 150 yeah and uh, entered that beer into Cal State Fur and I got a gold. Wow. Yeah, Nationals. But I you mean, just do that because you fell asleep or what? That and I was drunk and <laughs> I want to brew now. I, I was just a late brew, but I mean, it, 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 it I thought it actually helped the beer huh. and the body of the beer and everything. Now I do a two-hour mash whenever I do it, not yeah. five hours, but yeah, you know, I, I, I worry, I wonder about the pH of the beer, you know. And there was a there was a big thread uh, a couple years back. Uh, you know, about people that would do the overnight mash and get up in the morning and do that. Yeah. Uh, it works if you control certain things. Okay. And I don't do it, but uh, there's guys that do it routinely and it and it works for mm-hmm. them. But the one thing you got to worry about is, you know, producing things. You're you're making a nice environment at you know one thirty. Yeah. You know one thirty or maybe one twenty to you know, let things happen. I, you don't let your turkey sit out. At 120 for four hours, waiting for the relatives to get <laughs> drunk enough to eat. It's the same. It, that's what happens. Yeah. At 150, everything's dead. It's not. It's not. It's, it's going to you know, hamper everything. Like a turkey yeah. disease or something. Yeah, the turkey's disease. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey's disease. So, so watch your mash temperature. If it's going to drop that much and it stays at 110 mm. for three hours, look you, out. You might get some issues. Here Somebody comes. just here says, "March spot one night. Bring the wort to a boil. Turn off burner and cover. Then boil the next night. No." of infections. I say it again. I I got this. Yeah, <laughs> the chicken song is distracting, yeah, Dr. That, Scott. Yes, it is. <laughs> Mash spark one night. Sparge one night. Bring the wood to a boil. Turn off burner and cover. Then boil the next day. No worries of infection. So they think it's fine. So they're huh. bo- they're boiling the first night right away, killing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then just cover. That's interesting. Yeah. It'll probably well, drop like. Well, if you if you degrees. sterilize it by boiling it. Yeah, and then cover it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a closed system again. It's right? a closed system again. You're not going to get it. But when you've got 120 degree mash, 
grains and everything else mm. and that they never got above 150 mm. uh and then it slowly goes down to 110 you're you're gonna get things mm. but if you can sparge it off bring it up to a boil at least a, above 150 160 for 20 minutes uh you'll probably be okay that'll kill off everything that's in there you're you're uh pasteurizing it at that point mm. <laughs> what was that laugh over here, Daniel? What's going on? Do you want to know? Oh, uh, I don't want to know now. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Somebody in the chat room wants to know if Jamil calls John Mini Me. Not yet. I think <laughs> that came up once before. That's a good question, and it brings me to our closing out question for the day. It is for John, as a matter of fact, and it says, That's John, I'm doing my first slogger. Shall I cold or warm pitch? Warm pitch. <laughs> at, at what temperature? 68 to 70 degrees. Which and means drop it, drop it to uh, 48 to 52 degrees in 12 hours. Because then you will realize that your lager is going to be free. <laughs> it's going to taste like a Munich Helles, provided right from Germany. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like I want to play Stomp the Dog now. Did they come up with those? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to get out of here. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was Stomp. No, no. So the Stomp question for today is, Dr. Scott and John can mutually answer this question. Okay. What king is known as the patron saint of beer? The patron saint of beer. Uh, is it what king? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, I just, I've, re- I've re- look, I do a lot of the trivia. Maximilian the fourth. Is that your final answer, John and Dr. Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Before you oh, answer, this person know. has suggested a very nice thing as a prize. He wants to donate all his future prizes anyways, because it's ours. Oh. And he <laughs> wants to donate those prizes to the, um, the wives of the BN people, you know, like the, our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> wives oh, of wives. the BN people? <laughs> what is that? Is that like the people under the stairs? <laughs> yeah. What is that? To the wives of our listeners. And he wants this time, he thinks that uh, one of you guys should send out a bottle of your homebrew. To uh, I'll send my homebrew to out top shelf. Months. He's choosing who it goes to? Yeah. He chooses top shelf for this week. Okay. Hmm. And so do you guys have an answer? I'll leave it up to Doc. <laughs> Maximilian. That's incorrect. It is King... Gambrinos. Yeah, that's oh, right. We've heard that one before. Yeah. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's right. The thing that's confusing about that question and why I actually try not to use it is that there's a there's a lot of patron saints yeah. of beer. There's yeah. the, well, there's the patron saint of brewing, the patron saint of beer, the patron saint of brewers, and it's all they sometimes confuse which one is which. But I, he's right about that. That that that's correct. Yeah. And uh, all right, so you guys are stumped. I was confused. And so now uh, you you both have to send a bottle of homebrew to top shelf to top shelf. So top shelf, send John an email and Daniela an email. John P at the Brewing Network. Okay. Daniela at the Brewing Network and. These two will will send. What are you going to send them, guys? Whatever he wants. Well, I don't know. I think you should send him your Hellas. Yeah, okay. so do I. I'll send him. And Doctor Scott going to send his wit? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll ship it for you, Doc. Doc's going to go look through his stash. Oh, I got some stash. <laughs> I have. I'll, I'll have twenty six cases of bottled beer in four weeks. Wow, party at John's. Yeah. yeah I I just checked. I I'm, I'm a. I hate bottling. Yeah. But I've got 16 kegs. I just counted them today. You have 16 kegs full of beer? Yeah. Where are you, where are you keeping all those? I only saw that 
one fridge in the garage. Well, two fridges there. I got but a chest freezer, too. Oh, okay. It holds eight. Yeah, that'll hold a bunch right there. Doc, nice. how many beers do you have going to Nationals? Not that many. Yeah, right. Nah, not that many. Come More on. More than five? Probably. Less than ten? I don't know. I'm lazy. I haven't checked yet. Yeah. What is it with you guys? John, Doc, and Jamil have this thing going this year where they're not. None of them are disclosing too much about what they're doing in competition. It's all this big secret competition amongst yourselves that you guys have going on. Yeah. McDowell has <laughs> <laughs> not to change the subject or anything. Has 18 beers supposedly going. No, I won't have that many. I'm too lazy yeah. for that. How many do you have going, John? A lot. <laughs> More than 10. More. more than 20. Less than 20? More. More than 20. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? You guys do anything? No. <laughs> you guys just brew. <laughs> I just brew. Man. That's all we do. <laughs> brew beer and bottled beer and talk with you about beer. Good for you guys, man. Yeah, That's buddy. cool. And drink beer with you, too. Yeah. I'm going to try to brew this week again. Really? Yeah. Hey, you got to clear that carboy. What? Yeah. I'm try that pale ale I screwed up again. <laughs> <laughs> 2% alcohol still pale ale? To, still trying to get that goddamn pale ale right. <laughs> Might throw some vino in it. Yeah, might throw some vino in there. <laughs> I wonder if that would work too. Like not only bringing down the carbs, which I actually wouldn't want to do, but uh, if it does the anti-gas effect on me, it might help. Yeah, it will. You might have. It, it will. You think so? Yeah, because usually the the beers that have the residual sugars, yeah, like the big Belgians and the barley wines and stuff. See, that's why. Because I was drinking Belgians all night. Yeah, night yeah. farting sugar, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's the unfermentable sugars that you, your body can't handle. Yeah. They fermented in themselves. Well, yeah. yeah. The, the, the bacteria in your gut does handle them. Gotcha. And, and they, they pump out the methane. <laughs> That's, it smells like alcohol. We should come up with a greatest hits uh, CD that we can sell, and we'll call it Pumping Out the Methane. <laughs> the Brewcasters, Pumping Out the Methane. I'll give you my tip. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Take a little sip of coffee in the morning about 8 o'clock. Oh, oh dude. dude, that'll just clean you out. <laughs> yes, it will. I do it every day. Oh, you take a dump on company time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bastard. All right, we're out of here. Uh, enjoy the Sopranos tonight, everybody. Next week, we're doing the sanitation show. Chris Graham's going to join us again for that. Cool. And um, we also have Ralph Olson from, is that next week? A week after. That's the week after. Oh, that's right. On the 26th. This is a cool one. I'm excited about this show. I I know Ralph, too. Ralph Olson from Hop Union. And that is basically the biggest hop uh, distributor in in the Pacific Northwest. The Hop Depot. Yeah. He's a... He's a real cool guy. Lots of fun. Really passionate about his business and the hop industry. And so uh, I don't know if it's going to be an all-hop show. It's a call-in he's doing with us. But it's going to be just a real cool segment. If you want to know about how they're grown commercially and how fresh they are and how long his hops sit around and all sorts of stuff like that, yeah. he's the guy to ask. That's going to be real cool. It's, it's cool to ask him about the new strains of hops that are coming out. Yeah. I, I won in a contest and one of my... One of my prizes was this hop, and it was a few years ago, and it was Newport. I never heard of Newport. Like, what the hell is this? So I actually ran into him, and I said, what's this? And what does it do, and how can I use it? And he told me okay. you know, what it is and what can I expect out of it and things, but I had never even heard of that one before. He's cool. Last time I saw him, he also had this hop liqueur and uh, gave me a drink of that. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was imported from Germany, and he had just a, just a couple of bottles of it, and he was giving out just a couple of shots. You weren't there. It was in Oregon. 
Danielle was all pissed off I didn't give her any. But it was when I was up at the Portland Brewfest. And, uh, yeah, he's just a cool guy, and he's a lot of fun and got some good information. So tune in for that. That's the 26th. And then next week uh, we're starting a series, and we'll give you more details about that soon. But the first show in the series is going to be sanitation. And we're going to go all through the brew process for you guys, starting at the beginning. So we're starting right there with sanitation, and that's next week. They killed Tony. Oh, you're not supposed to no, know that. They didn't. The is saying so, and he has repeated that for five times oh, now. Oh, he's just messing They're with messing you. They're messing with you. There's no show without Tony. I tell you what, if they did kill Tony, I'm not. I'm never. I'm turning. I'm never watching. It's a stupid show, and it's <laughs> dumb and stupid. <laughs> wow, he got it. No, and, and in the proper tunes, they they whacked Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's if correct. If they did, it would be a whack. <clears throat> Unless Carmela killed him. Did I tell you guys a story about how? Um, who is it? It's my uh, my great my great grandfather got whacked. Yeah, that's true. Great grandfather. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that? Yeah, well, sure. I'm I'll do a real. You want a quick yeah, version? Because I, I want to go. It's a good story. I'll yeah, keep it on me. the. I'm all excited. Poor it guy. It is. Yeah. Well. My great grandfather actually got whacked, and he got whacked old school style, sitting in a barber chair. He was sitting in a barber chair. A knife. In uh, now he got uh, shot uh, up uh, right bullet there. Bullet to the head. Uh, and the, the the tragic part of it is that my. My grandmother, so his daughter, was right upstairs like when it happened. And I, I, I don't know if she had come down when it happened or what, but they lived above this barber shop. Wow. So she was right upstairs. And he's down sitting in the barber chair. And the deal was is that there was a... God, I hope no made guys are like listening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving any names, I guess. It's not, the, it's not my name. It's a, a different family name. But um, the guy was, uh, was screwing around um, not only with a made guy's wife. Oh, jeez. But with his daughter as well. At the same time. He was messing around. Not like at the same like moment. No, but yeah. like... It, yeah, like it wasn't like a three-way. But he was messing with the same made guy, his wife and that guy's daughter. He was screwing around with the two of them. Is Which your, is just dumb. This is my great-grandfather. What, what year was this? Mm, I 50s? don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 50s. Yeah, that's, that's so he's messing with both of them, and they whacked him. He's sitting there getting his face shaved, and they came into the barbershop, and they whacked him right there in the chair. And so nobody could complain. That's the thing in a no, family. No, you can't come because you don't mess with the made guy's no. ladies. You just yeah. don't do it. So, then, yeah, they gave him a you know, lead cocktail. <laughs> that they did. He died of lead poisoning. <laughs> my dad's telling me the story like it's a sad story because it's about my grandma's dad and stuff. And me, I'm like, really? That's awesome. That's like the best family story I have. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. great. He's like, dude, it is a great story. It's good. He's like, what's yeah. wrong with you, man? I've always been fascinated by that stuff anyway. Yeah. The mob. Yeah, absolutely. Someone I always get, wanted to get married to a mob guy. You are. Yeah. Almost. You could, you could grow up gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So tune in next week for the sanitation show. Enjoy the Sopranos tonight. I'm quite sure Tony doesn't die. If he does, there will be no show for a month. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Memorandum. He'll be in, in, in mourning yes. until then. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Dale Ale is a friend of mine, and I sure like a good body wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American cruise, was I want a real homebrew. Homebrew, don't you really love it? Homebrew, can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I have that. Well, I have the one right now.
Yeah, you know what I'm 